Welcome to Out of Bounds. We're here for our NFL Week 10 recap. Um, lots of action going on, as always, in the NFL. And we're here to keep you guys updated with what's going on and give you our amazing thoughts, which everyone tunes in to listen to. Um, let's get started with the primetime games. Um, Falcons, Panthers, Thursday Night Football, November 10th is up first. Um, I mean, you would think like that this game isn't that important but low key like it was for like actually like whoever like i think if the falcons won this they'd have a pretty good hold on the nfc uh south but they actually ended up losing this game 15 25 to the panthers um just to go over the stats real quick i mean this was a game that was played in the rain um so it, it was like you know i mean at least for the panthers they ran the ball a lot more than they passed P.J. Walker only had 16 pass attempts. He completed 10 of them for 108 yards. No touchdowns, no picks, but Deonta Foreman kind of carried. I don't know how you say it. Deonta, Deontay Foreman. I think it's just Dante. I think it's just Dante. I've heard Dante. Dante. Right? Yeah, Dante Foreman um, just kind of took over this game. He had 31 carries, 130 yards, one touchdown. Um, LaVishka Chanel also had like two carries for 42 yards. He also had a touchdown. Um, I think his longest rush was actually for, like a 41-yard rushing touchdown. The Panthers were just able to kind of you know control the game, running the uh, running the ball. Again, in the in the rain, they didn't really have to pass it much, but they won this game. And the Falcons' hopes for the NFC South kind of like don't look as good with the Bucks also coming on. But we'll get to that part later. Um, but yeah, what what did you think about this game? This is the NFC champion Dante Foreman's revenge game. That's what this was. He got his revenge. Yeah, he was on, on the Falcons, team. right? Before. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he was like the star for that, I guess, quote unquote star for that Falcons team that went to the Super Bowl and all that. Right. And then um and then it was weird because he went I remember to Matt Ryan. I remember Julio. I don't really remember Deontay Deontay Foreman. I'm I'm not tripping, right? He was on that twenty sixteen roster. Yeah, right? I think you might be right. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. See. Uh twenty sixteen Falcons roster. I wish they showed in ESPN like the. Oh my God, Brad! Oh, I'm getting confused. No, he's a Houston guy. I'm getting confused with Devontae Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Dante Foreman, Devontae (laughs) Freeman. Nah, I got I got confused too. That sounded right to me. But anyway, so I mean, but I could have sworn this man was on the Falcons because someone was saying that this was a revenge game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was in Falcons last year. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay, so he's on Falcons last year. So it's just a Dante Foreman revenge game, regardless. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, because in the Falcons last year, and then remember, uh, he was on the Titans last year also, because I think the Falcons cut him. And then remember, like Derrick Henry was. I injured. remember him being on the Texans. I don't remember him being on the Titans, but maybe. Remember last year when Derrick Henry was out? It was just. Oh uh, okay, okay. It was just him going off, and then he didn't get a job until now. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just literally just like the Panthers just outran the Falcons. That's pretty much it. Like, there's nothing much to say. About this, except that's just what happened. I I like the uh the Panthers unis. It's pretty nice. Like the all black, basically all black unis. They're pretty nice. And um, yeah, Brad. I think like I think they gave Mariota a chance, but I think it's time. I think it's time to start looking for for a quarterback in the draft because I don't know. Like they they don't even trust him enough to want to throw the ball. So it's kind of like, all right, like what are you guys doing? And like. If they won this game, they would have been tied with the Bucks for the division lead. And then if the Bucks would have lost, they would have had the lead. 
though. Like, I don't know. They're, they're, they're still in the play for the division, but I feel like the Bucks are trying to starting to figure it out. So it might be going the other way now. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Um, I think before this week, like I, I was pretty convinced. Like you, I think you were the one saying that the Falcons had a good chance at the division. Um, but I don't know. It's, it does seem like the Bucks are kind of figuring it out. Um, we will talk about them more later. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I would say for them, like for the Falcons, like they've been pretty good in every game, and the Panthers have been like pretty terrible in like a lot of games. So I think like this is kind of like a disappointing loss for them. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know what people expected of the Falcons. I feel like they've already like kind of overperformed compared to like what I thought they would be. So it's like not like the end of the world compared to like what their expectations were. But yeah, I mean, this one is not not a good uh, show. I mean, if you them. if you ask me, this is a bad win for the Panthers because they would have had the number two pick. But now they moved up to number three pick, moved down to number three pick because the Raiders can't win a game. So I guess yeah. stop stop winning games, bro. Like, I don't know, like stop doing this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it does matter if you're talking about like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, who would probably go number one and number two. And yeah. even if like the teams that are number one, like let's say the Raiders like don't want to get a quarterback and like they're OK with Derek Carr, even though we'll talk about the Raiders again later, obviously. Um but the thing is, like, if he, like, if they don't want to take a quarterback, they'll always, they'll just trade out of that pick and probably give it to someone else who really wants a quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the quarterbacks will go number one and two. So that is kind of bad for them. But at the same time, it's the NFL. Like, I, t, like players go hard. Like, no one really, no none of the players will ever tank in the NFL. Like, they sacrifice too much. They work too hard. Um, again, like, I, I guess that's true in all sports, though. Like, the players never really tank. It's more so like the front offices that might set them up, but even in football, like that's like not really like a true thing in my opinion. Did you see that play by Mariota where he like fell down and threw it on his back? I'm talking about. Uh, vaguely. No, actually, I don't think I saw that. He was about to like fall down and basically like he was like trying to get out of the pocket and he ran out and then he was as he was falling down like he's on his back. Like, right before his butt touches the ground, he, like, throws the ball, and it's a pick. Like, bro, what is he doing? He just, like, he was on the ground lying down. He just threw it. Like, bro, what are, what are, you, what are you doing? And then, like, they, they reviewed the play, and he, like, his butt, like, barely touched the ground. So he was, like, down. But it was, like, the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a good game by him. Uh, And then, I don't know, like, some of, like, it, it's weird. Like, they, like, haven't really trusted Marcus Mariota to pass the ball. But then now when it's, like, downpouring, I guess they did. <laughs> like, they give him, like, 30 pass attempts, like, this game. Like, and they're, like, barely running the ball when it's, like, raining, like, really hard. And, like, I mean, they didn't the, really... The, the problem with that, like, they're down 13 nothing, so they kind of had to start throwing it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, also yeah I guess that's true. Yeah. I don't know, though. Like, 13 nothing is not, like, that... For me, like, I think you have to be disciplined as a play caller and, like, not start dialing up passes just because you're down like two scores like that's not enough for me i think three scores is when i would do it but not two but that's just a personal thing <laughs> i mean and, and um, like they still had a chance like it was 22 15 and then they got the ball back they got the ball back with uh like two two minutes and 33 seconds and then they just and then it like ended up uh and then he ended up getting sacked for seven yards and then another seven yards and it was fourth and 18 or whatever it is so like that's like they had a chance they they could they could have tied the game up and 
Yeah, they did fight back a little bit at the end. Yeah. I mean, it was like a it was like a yeah, it was a seven point game until like pretty much the end. It was like a one score game. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's go on if you don't have anything else on this one. Um, no, I, 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 you're basically squeezing the sponge for, for, to try to get words from me. I have nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah, no, let's just go on then. Uh, so yeah, let's go to the London game. Um, the Seahawks against the Bucks. I mean. Yeah, like we were mentioning the Bucks before. Um, th- this was a pretty good win for them. I mean, throughout the year, we haven't really seen any team that's like been able to limit the Seahawks. At least, I mean, I'm not looking at the box scores or anything right now, but like I don't remember the Seahawks offense being like shut down like the like they were in this game. Um that Bucks defense like really stepped up and Geno Smith has been killing it all year. Like, I mean, he didn't play bad, but, like, their offense didn't look as explosive as it, uh, like, did, you know? Like, um, Kenneth Walker, like, they weren't really able to get him going. He only had, like, 10 carries for 17 yards. Like, he he had, like, he also had six catches for 55 yards, but, like, running the ball, they weren't able to get anything going with him. And he was, like, you know, he was, like, their one player that would kind of, like, break a bunch of tackles and score a touchdown and put the game out of hand for, like, the other team. Um, like, you know, Smith has a decent game, but like overall, like I came away from this game, like just being impressed by the Bucks defense and also like their offense is like figuring it out. You know, uh, I think they're getting a little bit more protection. If you watch that one touchdown that Tom Brady threw to Chris, to Chris Godwin, he like went through like like one or two reads and then like turned it and just like beamed it to Chris Godwin all the way on the other side of the field. So just the fact that like Tom Brady is getting the chance to like go through his progressions means that like their offensive line is contributing more. And when their offensive line is playing better, um, and like this game, like they went to Rashad White more than Leonard Fournette. I didn't even know who Rashad White was before this game, but like he had a nasty stiff arm. Um, and, and they got the running game going. Like this is a good win for the Bucks. Um, even though again it was only like five points that they won by, but I still have like more faith in them now. And it looks like they're ready to take the division. Uh, I think now. So all right, so you notice how the Seahawks scored all sixteen points in the second half, right? So, Raj, if I asked you tomorrow morning, do you want to go play football at 6.30 in the morning? You think, like, at number one, let's say you had to, say it was a life or death situation, you had to play football in the morning. How good do you think you'll be at 6.30 in the morning? I would be terrible. <laughs> How good would you be at 9.30 in the morning? A little bit better. Okay. So, <laughs> well, a, flight time from dead. Se- a flight time from Seattle to Munich at 12 and a half hours. And surprisingly, Tampa Bay to Munich is 11 and a half hours because I think for Seattle, you just fly over the Arctic Ocean. You fly over like the North Pole. So they're able to do that. So it's only an hour time difference in flight time. But like I said before, Seahawks are playing at 630 in the morning in like their own like like clock while the, the Bucks are playing at 930 in the morning. So like even when the NFL games are played at one o'clock in the East Coast and the West team West Coast team comes to like the East Coast, you're still playing at the earliest ten o'clock in the morning, right? For like your time, six thirty is crazy, bro. And and you're it's what it was like an eight hour time difference from Munich to let's see right now. So right now in I'm Munich, I'm dead. I mean, I see hours. what you're okay. saying, but a like, nine hour I... time nine hour time difference, okay. I'm not trying to give I'm not trying to give any excuses. What I'm trying to say is there's a reason they couldn't get any offense going in the first half because if you looked, they looked sluggish. Like the O line wasn't blocking, like throws weren't getting to they weren't able to run any kind of offense. 
And once it became like, you know, like 8 30, 9 o'clock, their time, they're like, all right, we figured it out. And that's what the that's the Seahawks I like knew from the season. So honestly, like it was a game that would have been really helpful if they won. But this is a desperate Bucks team that kind of figured something out last game. They got this, they got it going this game. And I think you could just literally just blame it on the time difference and just that. I don't think it's any overreaction needs to be warranted from this. That's just how I feel about this game. Yeah, I mean, that's like a reasonable take, I guess. Um, I mean, I think like, I think from the Bucks side, like, I guess I'm like more, like I could see the path to them, like at least like, you know, like getting back into the mix of things in the NFC. Um, I mean, I think like what you said before, like makes a lot of sense. Like, this was kind of like a desperate Bucks team. Like they've been, like, dude, they were in a really, really bad spot when they were like three and five, I guess, like two before their last two wins. Um, like it really looked like the Falcons were gonna win the NFC South, or like they should have lost that. Win. They should have lost that Rams game. Like the Rams was just like they were being stupid on that prevent defense. Like that shouldn't have yeah. been a win. Yeah, yeah, and the Rams have their own issues, which we can definitely yeah. get to as well. But um. I mean, it, like, even though, yeah, like, both wins were really close. Like, they really needed these wins. So just the fact that they can still pull out these uh, is pretty good. And I don't know. Like, they have, like, the Browns and Saints next, which for them should be definitely, like, two more winnable games. So, like, if you string together, like, a four-win, like, a, a four-game win streak in, like, this middle part of the season before you uh, play against, like, the Niners, the Bengals... The before the Niners and the Bengals, I think like you're in like a pretty good spot, even if you lose one of them, I guess. Um, because like I don't think the division winner for this will be like the, the division winner of this is not going to have like 12 wins, right? Like it's going to be closer to 10 at best. Um, so I think like that'll put them in a good spot to win the division. 10? I think, I think you're good with eight. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't want to like, I just assume it. I, uh, okay. Let me see here. Yeah, I guess you're right because they'd have to win five more in their next their next eight weeks. The next what uh, seven games? I think it's they're, seven. Yeah, seven yeah, games. Not, five they out of seven for still. this team. Like they don't need to do all that. I think they're good with like three or four. Like they'll probably get in with the five, like under five hundred record. Yeah. Um, and once bro, they make the playoffs, like you know, like they could, like they won the Super Bowl, bro, when they were like on on the road <laughs> every single one. <laughs> Yeah, but we could we could definitely see a scenario where like this is a four seed and they play like the Giants or something as the five seed. And, yeah, like, I'm, come I'm, on. I'm, bro. I'm picking I'm picking Brady, and then maybe what the three seed is Diners or Seattle. I don't know. Like it's not like. Yeah, but to be not... fair though, the Giants is the one team that that does kind of uh, have his number. Oh yeah, that's true. Does it continue? Yeah, that's true. Um, bro, Germans love their football, man. It was like sixty nine thousand people at this game. It was like fully packed. Like they're going crazy. Like I guess just yeah, they were singing songs. It was pretty fun. <laughs> I guess they just love like hardcore. Like there was like this. There was like a like if you see all the beers, it was all like pitchers. No one was carrying like a normal pint. You know when you go to like a game, they always they always give you a little bit extra so you don't have to keep coming back. But like bro, they yeah. were buying it in pitchers. Like you be seeing those people like as a big pitcher with a handle and they're just drinking it. Like they're crazy That's with that beer. Um, yeah, I mean Tom Brady's four and zero an international game, but. But he's 0 for 1 in international woman. So, <laughs> and by the way, I made, good that, one. <laughs> I made that joke myself. Just saying. I didn't say genius. That oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right, but, let's go on to the, wait, yeah, go. The, the Seahawks, um, 
But they're six and four, but like they just can't beat the NFC South. They already lost their three out of their four losses have been Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and then the Saints. So I think the Panthers have a win up their sleeves against Seattle. So they better watch out for that. So I don't know. That I would be a pretty. This bad is loss. supposed to be. This is the worst division in the league, and they just can't beat this division. I just find that pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Um, yeah, let's go on to Chargers and 49ers. So. Yeah, the 49 I guess this was uh the Sunday night game. Yeah. Um yeah, the 49ers end up winning this one uh 22 to 16. Um again kind of like a low scoring game, I guess. Uh I mean I, this is just like a I, I don't know how to really describe it, I guess. I mean uh for the 49ers side, like Elijah Mitchell came back, he had 18 carries for 89 yards. But it's kind of weird that he would out carry Christian McCaffrey, but at the same time, like he looked pretty good. So like, I don't know if that matters like that much. I mean, it's good that they have another running back that they can use instead of just spamming Christian McCaffrey, who's like an injury risk kind of. Um, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't really do like he just had like a pretty average Jimmy Garoppolo game. Like he doesn't lose them the game. He doesn't really win them the game. Um, but I mean, they were effective running the ball. Um, for the Chargers side, I mean, I, I think Justin Herbert had, like, that one insane touchdown. Like, that one throw that he made on that touchdown, like, he, like, squeezed it in between, like, that one defender. And I was just like, dude, like, this is, like, one of the greatest throws I think I've seen. Um, but, like, it's kind of like the same story with the Chargers. Like, they seem to do, like, their team seems, like, very talented. But then, like, at the end of the day, like, they find a way to lose. Um, like, they were up, uh, I guess, in this one, uh, like, 16 10 going into the half which is like not like you know not a huge lead but like just to not score any points in the second half um and have the chargers just kind of you know just like win the game or uh, sorry the 49ers win the game um is like not really encouraging i guess from their perspective um i mean the like the 49ers in the second half they had a field goal christian mccaffrey run and, and then also another field goal so, like, through, throughout the second half, the Chargers' offense had no points on this Niners' defense. I think it's a combination of their offense being kind of bad and also the Niners' defense being pretty good. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, this is a story with the Chargers, bro. They, like, win two, win, lose one, win two, lose one. Like, they're yeah. always going to be, like, a ride around 500 and, like, be on the cusp of a playoff and just probably still not make it. Uh, but, yeah. honestly, I think the game changed when they were up 16-10. Like, the uh, – sorry, they were up 13-10. And, and they were driving down the field right before halftime. And then Herbert got Herbert ran up, and then he got injured because I think uh, uh, Greenlaw like hit him really hard. And he got disqualified, right? And then he was out of the game for like the rest of that drive. And then Chase Daniel came in. So what are you gonna do with Chase Daniel? So like I don't know. Honestly, if you get a touchdown on that drive, it, the game becomes nineteen ten heading into halftime. I think that's a whole different ball game than it. Sorry, it'll be twenty ten heading into halftime versus it being sixteen to ten. That's a whole different ball game, right? So then, like, I think after that, like, they just weren't able to get their offense going in the second half. Like, they didn't score at all in the second half, right? I think, uh, like, the Niners were able to shore up on the defense, and, like, they couldn't get anything going. And, I mean, they, again, they still had a chance. They had a chance. They were down 16-19. They had the ball with two minutes left. They couldn't get anything going. And Niners get a field goal. And then the next drive, he throws a pick. So, like, yeah, it's like, like you said, like, they have the talent. Just always been inconsistent play. Their defense has been letting them down this year. Um so, I mean, also Keenan Allen's been out for a while, and you can argue that he's, like, on the cusp of a top 10 receiver when healthy. So that's also a big loss for them. Like, he just hasn't been in the lineup at all. He just with, like, with injuries. So, I mean, 
I don't know. Somehow the Chargers, like, since they lost this game, they got pushed out of the playoff spot. I think the Patriots took over that spot. I don't know. They're probably like, there's still like seven, eight weeks left in the season. But I mean, again, this is going to be that team. They're going to just like be right around that seven, six seed and then like, I don't know, lose lose a game at the last week of the season or let it be a tie or the team won't let it be a tie or whatever it would be, you know? So, um, yeah, but the Niners are back in this race. I mean, they're never really out of it. I think most people are probably going to pick them as the betting favorites to win the division. I'm still going to roll with. Yeah, I had them once they made that Christian McCaffrey trade to win the division. I'm um, still going to roll with Seattle just because Eugene Cyril. Yeah, you're already is... committed. You're already committed to that, man. You have yeah, to man, stay it, with it. Now. This is this is my team, honestly. Um, yeah, but I mean the Niners look good, man. Like they, I just every game I just try to notice how much they like love Jimmy G, and like every time this man scores, they're like all over him. Like it's actually crazy how much they love him. Compared to like anyone else in quarterback, they're all. I, I was hearing rumors that people were saying like the people like they're setting up the Niners for Tom Brady, like getting Christian. That McCaffrey, would be crazy. Like getting Christian McCaffrey, getting all the people back, and like shoring up a good team just for like Brady to come and like play for them. I mean, I don't. It's not I out of the realm. Originally, I would have said like it, maybe Tom Brady's like not like down to move, but I don't know. Now that he's like divorced, then maybe it's like not he's that from big Stanford. of a deal, you know. He's from San Francisco. Yeah. It's his home, right? So, like, it would be perfect for him to go here. And then it's just a Brady, Jimmy G, backup starting role. Well, they, you have to, like, trade. You have definitely have to trade, like, Trey Lance at that point. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you might as well just trade him. Yeah, man, the Niners have been, like, the weirdest team. They go from, like, just let's just build our young guys to, like, all right, we're back in Super Bowl contention. Like, it's, like, the weirdest yeah. season at all. Some cold shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, anti-cold shit. <laughs> uh... Yeah, bro. Yeah. I, I need to. I need to see. I can't judge this Chargers team until they get Keenan Allen. Like, I don't know if they're yeah, good. But or... At the same time, like, I don't like. Yeah, they don't have Keenan Allen. They don't have like Mike Williams. And like, I don't know. Outside of those two guys, like, it, they don't really have anyone like at wide receiver. But like, I don't know. Like, even with like the JC Jackson, like, I guess injury and he's like done for the season. Like, this has been like a very like underwhelming team. I think I've said that like many times, but. I would say, like, out of all the teams, like, they're definitely one of the most, like, disappointing. Um, I think even, like, more so than, like, teams like the Colts and, like, I guess the Packers and, like, other teams that are disappointed. Like, I think everyone had the highest aspirations for the Chargers this year. And they just kind of have been mid. A lot of people picked them to win the division. And, like, yeah. I don't, they're not. Everyone thought that. this was their year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone thinks this is their year every year. Like, even when Phillip Rivers was I mean, there. I refuse to believe it, like, now. Like, I'm not going to fall for this. Like, unless, like, yeah, I'm not going to fall for it, man. Unless they get, like, a new regime or something or, like, like shake up their team. Like, I don't really see, like, what's going to happen with this. Like, I mean, bro, I've been saying this for a while. They're the Clippers of the NBA. Like, they just, you some some <laughs> franchises are just cursed. Like, it just doesn't work. Like, I, I don't care. The Clippers, you... the Clippers at least made the playoffs, bro. Like, they at least made the playoffs, like, many times. Like, yeah, they didn't do true. much in the playoffs, but they did consistently. Like, they had a pretty good regular season team for some time. They made the playoffs. The Chargers in the sense of just, that. like, bad luck. Like, nothing goes their way. Like, literally nothing will go their way. Like, like they finally have all the talent. And everyone on the team falls apart. You know, it's like, bro, like, what are you supposed to do? Uh, yeah, like, that's true. I mean, bro, they could still be a seven seed. Like, that's probably the this is still probably a good chance of that, you know. And maybe they'll play, like... Maybe they'll play the Jets in the first round, like there's a two seven seed matchup. Who knows? But like that's a, that's still in the possibilities. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, we can go on from this game. Uh, let's see which one do we want to do next. So this was the 
Sunday night game. Yeah, let's go to the Monday night one. Yeah, this one was actually pretty good. Uh, Commanders 32-21 upset win over the Eagles. Um, I mean, this was a pretty interesting game. Uh, I mean, for the most part, I would say I think the Eagles, like, they kind of did their thing where, like, we've talked about it a lot throughout the season where, like, the Eagles, like, score all their points in, like, one quarter. Like, the Eagles have stretches where they fail to score points. Like, it seems like every single game, they have, like, two quarters where they don't score any points. This game, it was the second and third. They scored 14 points in the first. They scored a touchdown in the fourth. But I don't know. Like, they, the Eagles definitely choked this one away. Um, like, what, when the commanders went up, they got the ball back many times. They started moving the ball. Like, there was a, that one play to, I think it was Dallas Goder, uh, Goddard. 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 <laughs> Dallas Goddard. Who, like, He's not he French. fumbled the ball. <laughs> I'm going to call him Gobert soon enough. <laughs> uh, but, what, like, he, he had that one play where he got, like, face. It was such a clear face mask. But he did fumble the ball. Like, the commanders recovered. I think they kicked the field goal after that. Uh I'm not sure. Let me actually check that. Did they kick the field goal? Um, no, it was uh, covered by. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, the yeah, field goal. Yep, yep. It was the field goal. Yeah. Um, I think that was the Joey Sly 55 yard one. If I'm not wrong. Oh, Joey Sly uh, was crazy this game, bro. Like some of the field goals he was hitting was. Insane. Yeah, he was, dude. Forty. He hit from 44, 58, and then 32, and then 55. That's <laughs> the two 55 plus yard field goals in one game is insane, dude. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, so th- there was that Dallas uh, Goddard fumble, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then like also I think it was Quez Watkins who who caught like a deep pass from Jalen Hurts. And then he fumbled and he, it. He like fell down, got back up, started running again, fumbled the ball instantly. The commanders got the ball back again. They just like kind of ran out the clock and punted it away. Um, and then they also had like a really bad mess up. I think they they messed up on the punt or something. Um, I think like they had like an inlet. I forget what happened, but the Eagles had a penalty, and because of that, like the the they had to like the the Redskins took the penalty so that and made the Eagles re-kick the ball. So because of that, they lost like the two minute warning time stoppage. And because of that, like they only had like eleven seconds at the end of the game. Um, but yeah, this is definitely one where the Eagles shot themselves in the foot, kind of. Dallas go dare and the Washington Redskins. What a day! <laughs> this is back in two thousand and two. Um, yeah, 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 bro. This is like like the Eagles just did it to themselves. Like those two fumbles, and then like Jalen. I mean, those three fumbles, right? Someone else fumbled the ball. Uh, yeah, that was Dallas Goddard, and then the other one fumble was. Yeah, Devante, Devante Smith, Devante Smith. Yeah, yeah, it was at the end. No, that was just at the end of the game, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a Quas Watkins fumble and then Dallas uh, Goder uh, fumble, and then like uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts had a pick in the first half. But like they just weren't able to get the offense going in the second half. Like, like it, it, I think what the most important drive of this game was honestly like, like right before the end of the half. I mean, like in the middle of the second quarter, where like like the Commanders went up seventeen fourteen. And then, like, the Eagles weren't able to answer. Like, that's the drive where you have to answer. And then and then they get the ball back, the uh, Washington, and then Joey Sly, 58-yard field goal. I think that's where the game changed because if they don't make a field goal, it's still a three-point game, and then you're still kind of in it. But now being a six-point game, now the field goal they, they, they get to start the second half makes a two-possession game. I think that's what, that was the game changer right there. Like, just Joey Sly hitting it from almost 60 yards was like, and like we said, 
he he was insane all game. But like they the Eagles did it to themselves. Like, and then um also the play at the end. Remember they got the stop on the uh, on the Commanders. But then um like I guess it was like it was like third and whatever. And like Taylor Heineke like he just like he just kneeled down. And then it was Brandon Graham that like jumped into him. Like thinking he wasn't down, and he like, and then that was a fight. Oh, I think that ended the game, right? Yeah, yeah that yeah. end the game. Or yeah, what? That, yeah, yeah, the end of the game. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. So like, um, yeah. let me see if I can find it. I I th- no, 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 no. The the fumble return was the end of the game, but that di- I think that gave them like another first down that like took off even more time off the clock, like towards the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what happened. Yeah. So it was uh, it was it was one forty five in the fourth, and then. Uh, third and seven, and Taylor Heineke like was sacked, quote unquote, for twelve yards, and then Brandon Graham came in for unnecessary roughness. I don't know, bro. It's like the right call, but you don't call that right there. I don't know because he was down, yeah. and like, like obviously Brandon Graham wasn't trying to do it on purpose. He was just like, like thinking he wasn't down yet. So like he like went into him. Like it's the right call, but it's like it was a weird play. Quarterbacks don't just take kneels like that. Like yeah, they'll usually fall on the ground or like slide or something. Like that was like a weird thing that he did where he just like went on his knee like like i haven't really seen any quarterback do that he was about to get sacked too so he's like all right set throwing yeah. the ball and just kneel down so just like, like normally they'll just fall like yeah they'll just like fall on their uh like they'll just fall you know and then like the, they just get touched and then it's like down yeah so then like that that gave him the first down and they're able to just melt the clock out even more and obviously, like, so it, it really was a 26-21 game. It wasn't really 32-31, 32-21, because it was just, like, that fumble at the end that gave the touchdown. So that probably, like, hurt a lot of people who bet the over on this game. Or sorry, the under on this game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was coming eventually, but it's very hard to go 17-0. Like, like the Eagles are still, like, a very good team. And, like, uh, if you if you remember, remember two years ago, the Steelers were 13-0 or 10-0? Right. Um. But but the commanders were the one who like stopped that. Like they beat the Steelers also. Yeah. So uh, I mean, no, I think I could have sworn I think they were eleven. I don't know. I don't. Know. It was, it, it, whatever it was, like they were the last undefeated team in the league, right? And like the commanders are the one who stopped it. So basically, the rule of thumb is if you're undefeated, playing the commanders, you're screwed. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. That makes sense. And um, three of the last four years. The like the like the team that's the last undefeated team like their streak ended on Monday night so yeah don't play Monday nights also <laughs> you can't you can't control yeah that, that is um but but yeah, yeah I, mean, I just wanted to say like uh see I I get that he's old man but I don't know like this is the kind of guy you build with because like I know you were kind of pushing for Carson and I was like let's go for like Heineke but you're like oh no he's 29 but like he's I think he's good enough to be a good quarterback for your team, and you have a pretty good roster around him. You know, like, like, like yeah, I mean, like the team just kind of rallies around him, like more so than like Carson. I would say he's just like more of a leader for sure. Yeah, and like they have a great defense, and Chase Young is not even playing it, bro. Like once Chase, yeah, Young their comes defense back, is pretty underrated. Like they'll force turnovers. Uh, for yeah, sure. like and especially once Chase Young is back, like oh my god, like that that front is gonna be insane because they have like Sweat and. Uh, Sweat and Allen, like, up there. And, like, Terry had a great game, bro. Ohio State receivers, once again, like, Terry was, like, unguardable. Eight receptions for 128 yards. Like, that Terry-Taylor connection is ridiculous. Like, I, I love watching them play together. Yeah, he is. He is pretty good. 
I mean, who knows? Like, th- this might be the last game. We'll see if Taylor Heineke, I think, will figure out next week. Oh, really? Week. Oh, he's... Oh, nah, no way. Yeah, Carson, Carson is slated. I think he's slated to come back, like, next week. Yeah, because they were asking about him in the post-game interview. Like, literally in the interview, they're like, oh, like, like, how do you feel that this might be the last game? Like, you get a chance to start, like, if Carson wow. wins his back. And wow. he was just like, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm cool. He was just like a pro, you know? Like, he didn't, like, wasn't upset about the question. He's just like, if I have to back up Carson, like, that's what it is, and we'll roll that way. Like, he's pretty cool. I had respect for him in that moment. It's kind of weird. Like, you just win the game as a quarterback, and then you get asked, like, yeah, like, what if you're not playing next week? But I don't know. It's the life of Taylor Heineke. They're the eighth um, seed, bro. Like, they can, like, they're five and five. Yeah. They're, like, right on the cusp of making the playoffs. I don't know, bro. This, you cannot bring Carson back. That's just that's just a bad move on Ron Rivera, in my opinion. But, like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. I mean, they invested in him, bro. Just the... Like, you forget the fact that, like, we'll talk about it when we get to the Raiders, but just the fact that you invested in someone means you have to give them a chance, <laughs> um, even if they don't deserve it. But, yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's go on. He's 3-1. The... and one. Like, come on, man. I'd be tight. Nah, he's 3-1, and one, <laughs> and they had a game. They had a close game against the Vikings. Like, he's been great. Whatever. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Um so let's go to the uh okay, so this is kind of the game of the backup QBs, right? The Cardinals and the Rams. Um both Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford uh were ruled out in this game. It seemed like they had a, they might have a chance to play. I think they both tried to warm up. They both realized that they would not be able to play. Uh I think it was reported earlier in the day. So it was Colt McCoy versus uh John Wolford. Um um kind of kind of a weird scoring game, but the Cardinals win this one 27 to 17. Um they're four and six, which is better than the Rams. Uh, the Rams are like in a really bad spot now. They're like three and six. This is crazy to think about. Like, with all the dysfunction that, like, I don't know, teams that like the Colts have had, and like the Cardinals, like we, everyone has been so down on them. Like to me, it's just mind-boggling to like look at the standings and be like, yeah, like these teams is, have a better record than the Rams. Um, I mean, I, again, I guess it's fine. Like we've talked about it. It's like okay, like if you win the Super Bowl, it's like whatever. Like it's cool. But, like, this is just, like, a really, like, weird season. Like, there's Super Bowl hangover, and then there's, like, just falling off the face of the earth. That's what it kind of feels like for them. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much you can judge them on this game if they don't have, like, Matt Stafford. But, like, I don't know. At the end of the day, they're still 3-6, and six, you know. Um, and, like, I don't see how their season can really amount to anything because, like, they still have, like, a couple of games coming up, like, I guess they have like some easier ones maybe against the Saints and the Raiders, but they do still play like the Chiefs, the Seahawks, uh, and the Chargers and the Seahawks again. Um, so it's kind of like like four four ish hard games, like four ish easier games. But uh, yeah, I mean, what were your thoughts on this game? Bro, neither of these teams make the playoffs. Like it's the, like their season. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, like it's, it's. I mean, the Cardinals we kind of saw coming. The Rams is just like the biggest shock for us, but. Plus the fact that the NFC East is so good, like t- I think three of those, like three of those teams in that division will probably make the playoffs before any of these. Do. Yeah, and like, and the fourth one has a very good chance there too. They're like on the cusp of the seven seed. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess like I, I don't know. This game just shows how bad the Rams really are, bro. Like just such a dysfunctional Cardinals team. And I get like I don't know, Cosby Boy wasn't playing, and like Colt McCoy was playing, so it's probably like a different feel of the game. But like. And, like, they couldn't, like, even John Wolford. I mean, John Wolford wasn't, like, actually throwing a Cooper Cup. He actually, like, distributed the ball more. I liked it. He was going to Higby, Allen Robinson, you know, and, like, you know, and then, like, the one bad throw he had was, like, 
like where Cooper Cup got it and he like got his legs taken out. So um like I mean whatever like this, this is such a disappointing season for the Rams but like you said like I've been saying and he's on IR now Cooper Cup so yeah like I, mean, I think it's done for them man. there's no it's point co- they're cooked there's no point playing him like the season's kind of like lost you don't really have a chance to make the playoffs like whatever you won the championship cool we ran from next year you don't have to worry about anything that's that's kind of like this is where if I'm Aaron Donald I'm so pissed I, sh- I I'm like bro I should have just retired because remember there was talks about him retiring. And then, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm coming back. And, like, now, like, this is the season you came back to. So it's just like, bro, like, you should have just stayed retired. But, uh, yeah, um, like, D-Hop is still playing good, man. Like, it doesn't matter who's back there in quarterback. But, like, I think it's just too little too late. I would argue that if they had D-Hop from the beginning of the season, this Cardinals team would be a lot more formidable because they are four and six with, like, a lot of bad vibes and then not having D-Hop for six of those games, right? So, like, uh. I don't know. It's just yeah. like it's just like a. But overall, they still have bad vibes, man. Like I remember, you remember like that one play. Like I think Zach Ertz got hurt. He's done for the season too. Um, and like if you saw, like I think there was like that one play where D Hop was like arguing with uh, like Kyler Murray. Like yeah, they definitely had like one of the worst vibes I would say in the NFL. He's arguing with Kyler Murray. I don't know how they fixed it. He was he's arguing. Yeah, with... yeah, him and yeah, him and Kyler Murray. Yeah. What is what is, what is he doing at the game? He's just standing there in a hoodie. No, 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 not not this game. It was, oh, like, the previous oh, yeah, game, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, when okay, he was playing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah like, I, they just had, like, a moment where they were arguing, and, like, I think, like, it was mic'd up on... I saw, like, a mic'd up part of it, and then D-Hop is just like, bro, like, what are you looking at? And he just, like, I don't know. They were just, like, arguing back and forth. Like, it was, like, pretty heated. Bro, he like, can't see. He's 5'6", bro. He can't see over his old line, man. That's why. D-Hop's like, bro, <laughs> why can't you see me? Call of was like, bro, I cannot see. That's basically how the conversation was. It's like half the issue, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Cliff Kingsbury got to go. Uh, Sean McVay, bro, like, he'll keep his job because, like, whatever. Like, him winning that ring, he probably secured, like, a good 10 years in the NFL. Like, he could probably have yeah. a... I mean, that always, that's always what happens with championship-winning coaches, though, bro. Like, they just, like, secure the job, and then you're just like, all right, bro, like, should we get rid of this? Like, think about, like, even, like, to make a basketball, think about, like, the Spurs and Popovich, bro, like, don't you think like they like now is the time like they should move on from him, but like they still just keep him because of like everything he's done and like all the championships he's won. Yeah, but, it's kind of like I don't know if that's the greatest example because he's actually a good coach. It just but I and I know I know what you mean. Like let's just move on and start over. Like that's but what it's I was just saying. like a new yeah. It's just like you need like a new era though because like with yeah, but because he's a good coach, I don't think they can like truly tank, you know. Yeah. And that yeah. that's kind of hampering them now. I think that's like part of the issue. Um, yeah, no, but I, I was saying just like, uh, but like for the other example of like a bad coach, just having a job, even though he won a Super Bowl, was like Mike McCarthy in 2010, he won a Super Bowl with the Packers and then he had his job for 70, seven years after that, you know, it's like, yeah, that's it's, so it's, long it's re- just because he won a championship, you should have gotten rid of him, bro. Yeah. yeah. Just because he won a championship. But like, I don't know. I don't think Sean McVeigh is a bad coach. I think he's like, he's up there. I was like, of like coaches, you know, like he's, he's a pretty smart coach, but, uh, it's the lost year for the Rams. Like, this is, like, insane, bro. Like, we're talking – we were saying that, like, they're going to run through the run through the conference. Like, we don't see any team, yeah. like, beating them. And now what? Like, as far as conference standings, are they, like, bottom five? Yeah, they're bro, terribly they're, they're, wrong. They're the fourth worst team in the conference. To be fair, though, I don't know who saw this. If someone saw this coming, I would, like, I would bow down to them and like, call them actual, like – They'll be really knowledgeable. They, if they, they have see this the coming. they have the worst know. point differential in the conference, minus fifty two. The third worst in the league, and the other two teams are the Texans and the Steelers. That's that's yeah. crazy, man. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah, now you can move on. Yeah. There's nothing to say about these backup quarterback games. Yeah, we're uh, let's go on to the Cowboys Packers. It's actually a pretty exciting game. Um, yeah, the Packers actually steal this one. Uh, I mean, his game went into overtime. The Packers came away with the field goal at the end to like with three minutes left to win the game. Um, I mean, on the Packers side, I think there's only one guy you need to look at, right? And that's that's Christian Watson. Um, he really broke out this game. Um, I mean, he hasn't done really much before this game, but he had four catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns. They got Aaron Jones going, who did like a Marshawn Lynch type celebration when he jumped into the end zone. Oh, yeah. He had 24 carries, 138 yards, one touchdown. Overall, a pretty clean offensive game for the Packers, who have definitely struggled on that side of the ball. Um, at least like with the emergence of Christian Watson. I mean, this was pretty good for them. Um, on the Cowboys side, uh, I mean, if Christian Watson like going forward could be like a legit threat for them. I mean, I don't know how good he is. Like, I don't know if this is like a one like game fluke where he just overperformed. But like you know that gives them like a threat going forward, um, and they're only four and like they're four and six. So, like I mean, as bad as their vibes have been forever, uh, like this season, like they're not that far out of it. Especially if the you know the Commanders are like five and five, and they're like in the seven seed or like close to it, um, they're definitely not out of it yet. But they'll need to like have some more consistency on offense uh, going forward. On the Cowboys side, like they didn't have Zeke, so you know Tony Pollard as always goes off. He had 22 carries, 115 for one touchdown. Um, I mean Dak Prescott didn't have the greatest game though. He was 27 for 46, 265, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, I heard the streets were calling for uh, Cooper Rush. All right, that, that street, game. that street is one one street. That street is one person. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't think it was that serious. Um, C.D. Lamb had a great game, 11 catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Um, but yeah, Dallas came up short in this game. Uh, that taxes and Aaron Rodgers beating the Cowboys. Three guaranteed things in life. He hates losing to that team. Oh, it's not the hates. He just can't, basically. He's after this game, he's eight and two against the Cowboys, two and zero in the playoffs. Like this man just like he does not lose to the Cowboys. I don't know what it is. Like they have they just I, I, I don't know, you tell me. He just he just knows how to beat this team, man. And like, uh, I mean, they were due for a win. They they lost five straight games coming in. Like at this, like one of these games, yeah. they had to win these games. But uh, yeah, I mean, bro, like they're four and six, like you said. But like, this shows how bad the conference is. You can lose five straight games in the middle of your season and still have a chance. <laughs> to make still the have a chance. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's all true. It's so bad, bro. But okay, yeah. and even the. I mean, look, I guess you could say their offense is quote-unquote back. Christian Watson had three touchdowns on four catches. Three touchdowns on four catches. That's some, like, that's like the Travis Kelsey game, like, earlier this year. We had, like, yeah. four touchdowns on, like, 10 yards or something. This is basically that. <laughs> it, it was just deep bombs, like, over and over again, and he just, like, caught him each time. But, like, uh, I mean, they were able to figure something going because I think they were able to neutralize Michael Parsons for a little bit on that front line. They did a good job. Yeah. And Rodgers had time in the pocket. The Cowboys have a good defense. Like, that's pretty good. That's pretty impressive on the Packers side. But this is a game you I can... I think running the ball is the key, bro. If you run the ball, like, you can neutralize the pass rush a little bit and, like, make Micah Parsons, like, not just, you know, like, full rush. Like, when Micah Parsons knows it's a pass, it's a lot more scarier than if he's, like, thinking about the run as well. That's just, like, true with any any good pass rusher, right? So... I think they I mean, did a good job of exploiting that. 
and, and we'll talk about the other two teams later, but they're like one of three NFC North teams to have been down um I guess uh double digits in the fir- in the in, in the fourth uh in the fourth quarter and and still winning the game. So like the Packers, Lions and the Vikings. So all three of these teams are down double digits in the fourth quarter and they won the game. So like you cannot lose the game if you're a Cowboys team. Like up 28-14, like almost the middle of the fourth quarter, like you that's a game you have to win. So that's a bad loss yeah. for the Cowboys. How do you feel about the um like the the play call that Mike McCarthy did in the overtime? Um I mean, I don't know, dude. I don't think he's ever been, like, the greatest play caller. I think, like, Aaron Rodgers has kind of made up for that. Like, I think in the past, I'm I'm saying, like, I don't think he's ever been, like, really a good play caller. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers has kind of made up for that, which is, like, being Aaron Rodgers, you know. Like, his whole career, like, Packers fans would always, like, shit on him because he would always be the guy who wasn't aggressive enough. So then, like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he was basically like, all right, you know what, fuck you, fuck you, Packers fans. I'm, I'm on the Cowboys now. I'm a Cowboys now. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go for it, and then look what happens. Like I don't know. That, that's it's overtime, bro. There's <laughs> six minutes left. Just take the field goal. Like it's not worth it. Like just trust me. Yeah, your defense. yeah, I agree with. You have that. a good defense. Like you don't have a bad defense. You didn't like, even kick a single field goal in this whole game, bro. Like just take one in overtime. Yeah, like that was like that was just a bad time to be aggressive, and like the play call wasn't the greatest. I mean, the Packers sent pressure on that too, so like he wasn't going anywhere, but. Take the field goal. And it's like, really hard to com- convert in fourth down in overtime, bro. Really hard. And the, the Packers literally couldn't score a touchdown unless it was a deep threat. Like, that was it. So, like, as long as you, like, as long as you play and prevent defense, honestly, you would have been fine. And, like, yeah. in the worst case, you would have... And like, I think on that drive, there was, like, holding or something too, right? Like, it was, like, second and 19, and they got, like, a 16-yard pass. It was three... Like, I don't know. I think, like... Yeah, it, it, it was three flags and forty yards they lost in that drive. They didn't. They didn't deserve that. They didn't deserve that at all. Like, if you have a drive where you lose that many yards through penalty and you get into field goal range, like, shouldn't you just? I feel like you should just be okay with taking it at that point. Like, bro, like you should be like, holy shit! Like, I don't think we ever should have even gotten here considering all the penalties. We somehow got into field goal range, bro. Just kick a field goal. Let's take it. That's what I would think. Yeah, no, that was just it was it, one thing if their offense is just like churning down the field and then it's just like fourth down. It's like all right, then I understand. But yeah, in this case, like that was not that was not what happened here. Um, it, 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 it was ten yards, to, like literally to, to start the overtime. They get the ball. Green Bay is thirty-five, and and, and then uh, uh, Goodwin had like unsportsmanlike conduct. So that's that's ten yards right there, and then five yards offsides, and then another another ten yards on holding. That's like 25 yards right there. That's like huge for like a, if you ended up at Green Bay's 35. Like you, you had a very, very good chance of doing that, of like doing something good. But clearly, this team so they didn't deserve that. And I know there was a there was a DPI call. Like that was a clear DPI. The refs missed it. Like like Jair Alexander was all over CD Lamb. Like uh, but I mean like I I was I was saying it on Twitter too. They didn't deserve that call. Like it should have been they should have called that, but they didn't deserve it for the way they were playing that whole drive. So good win for the Packers. Uh, we can see. I mean, bro, yeah, they're right definitely. there, like, like four and six. Like I said, like you still have a chance to make the playoffs. Like, this is the team that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if take if they take the Giants' spot. <laughs> but <laughs> that would be so fucked up. But we'll see. Um, yeah, let's go on to a very interesting game. Uh, Colts Raiders. So, I mean, I don't even know, like, what to say. Because, like, I feel like the Colts have had, like, the most craziest season, like, ever. Like, they fired, like, they basically, this is, like, a team that had, like, like 
deep into the playoff aspirations, right? I don't know about if you could say Super Bowl, but a lot of people expect them to make the playoffs and advance one round. So they start off three, five, and one. They fire their coach, Frank Reich, after their owner forces, basically forces him to play Sam Ellinger for two weeks. Um, they just get embarrassed by the Patriots. You know, I think it's like 20-something to like th- three points or whatever they scored. It was like 26 to three or whatever. Um, they fire Frank Reich. They hire Jeff Saturday out of all people, which is like really random. Um, everyone, I mean, I, I'm sure you saw like the like the media sentiment on it, right? Like Bill Cower was like one who spoke about it. Um, like Joe Thomas, the, like the lineman for the Browns or whatever, like he had like some words to say about it. Um, but like despite all of that, like the Colts came out and won this game. Uh, I mean, the offensive line actually did look pretty good to Jeff Saturday's credit. I saw like they were able to pick up some blitzes. Matt, Matt Ryan only got sacked once. And like you could argue that even on that play, it was kind of his fault because he could have thrown it. A- like he had someone to throw it to, but he held on to it for a little longer, probably trying to get like a bigger play. And it just didn't end up happening. And then he had to take the sack. Um, the, their offensive line actually gave Jonathan Taylor some running lanes. And look what happens when you give him like one actual like hole to run through. He bust he bursts through for like a sixty six yard touchdown, um, and yeah the Colts did pretty good again like towards the end it's like the same story with uh you know Stephon Gilmore Derek Carr tries to go at Stephon Gilmore he has great coverage on Devontae Adams and they just kind of lose the game I mean this is like a re- like a super low point for the Raiders right I was saying this last week I was like dude like if they lose this game to an interim coach who's like never coached anything beyond high school. Like, th- that's, like, really, really bad on their part. Um, and I think we talked about it. Like, I think you you were the one actually that mentioned it last week that, like, Josh McDaniels probably won't get fired because of, like, the John Gruden shit or whatever. But just to explain that a little bit better. Like, because they fired John Gruden last year, they already have to commit to pay him. So if they fired Josh McDaniels now, they would have to fi- – like, they'd have to pay John Gruden, Josh McDaniels, and the new guy that they hired and like i know like owners are rich but like no like uh, there's not a lot like i think uh like mark davis or whatever his net worth is a little bit like on the lower end for nfl owners so like and paying three head coaches is like pretty expensive at the same time so damn do you just i don't think that'll happen you just call mark davis broke damn he's not broke but compared to like the other nfl owners i read some article that He's on the lower end. Like that one article is why it was explaining why Josh McDaniels probably won't get fired. That sounds. Like, <laughs> that was one of the reasons. That reasoning like, that they use. That sounds like broken rich people talk. He he, he won't take. Yeah, he won't take kind of. Yeah, that, man. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess on the Colts side. Okay. I, I mean, I, I want to ask you. So when they first hired Jeff Saturday, you were for it against it. I didn't really care. I mean, I didn't really care because it's an interim position, bro. Like. An interim just means like, okay, we need some guy to finish the season. Like, and I understand, like, I don't know if you saw the Pat McAfee thing, but if you did, like, he basically explained it a lot better than like, he, he like explained it in such a way that even it was easier for me to understand. But it's like, okay, like, you have like, like, there are people on the staff that he could have hired, right? It was like, they had like John Fox and like Gus Bradley or whatever, who could have been like the head coach. But like, First of all, these are coaches that contributed to your poor start. And second of all, like these coaches have only been here for like three or four games. So it's like, why would you 
like just give them like why would you choose them over like someone else that you like like that's like been really close to the organization this whole time and like he knows all the people in the building like he's like like i think jeff saturday is more representative of like the colts than like gus bradley or like um john fox or whatever i think it's fine for the rest of the season i do think it would be pretty shocking if they hired him as like the full-time coach even after this because like again like for an interim coach you don't do a like a full-fledged coaching search right you're not interviewing candidates you're just kind of looking to see who is the best guy you think can fit that role for the rest of the season and like when they fired frank Reich, they still have like half more than half the season to go bro like it's not like for three or four games. If it's like three or four games, then it's like, all right, whatever. Like we'll bring in like Gus Bradley or like John Fox and they can just finish out the last like three or four games. But if this is more than half the season left. Like you want someone in there who will like do a good job. And I think like Jim Mercer just took a gamble on it. But I mean, I'm I'm happy that he actually like won his first game. Like I think it gives him like a lot more credibility, just the fact that he could win a game, you know. I mean, like I said, like I mentioned to you, it's like a 70, 72% chance that the team wins the game after like firing a coach and getting interim head coach so it's usually that's always true happens. but but from what what i said to you in that is like that assumes that whatever coach you hired has some sort of experience because this yeah. has never happened before in nfl history yeah <laughs> i mean like that's like the context that you need to put behind that stat in my opinion is like whoever takes over is probably some guy who has coaching experience in the nfl and what's crazy about all this like like jeff saturday was getting hate because okay he doesn't have any like um college coaching or nfl coaching he just coached high school Honestly, if the Colts hired Peyton Manning to be their coach, I think there's less pushback, which is what's crazy. Yeah, I agree, bro. I agree with I I 100% agree with you. I think everyone have been like, oh, Peyton Manning's a genius. Like, this is a great idea. Even though probably Peyton Manning has the only thing he's done with football outside of playing it is have his own like uh, broadcast on ESPN. He hasn't coached football at all. Right. No high school, no, no peewee, no nothing. So and but but they they would the media would have been fine with them getting Peyton Manning because Jeff Saturday is an offensive lineman. He's a center. Yeah. No, but like Peyton Manning is one of the goats, so like it works out better. Um, yeah, I mean, bro, like Jeff Saturday is a he was a former center, right? So he should know how to fix the O line. So I'm glad he's at least that's working out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it worked out at least one week. <laughs> okay, if if the, if he leads the Colts to let's say the playoffs, right? Does he does he deserve the job next year? I don't know. I mean, I don't think I still don't think he does, but I think he has a, a way more compelling case uh than like he does now. <laughs> that would be insane, bro, if he leads them to the playoffs. I think at that point, yeah, then maybe yeah. I would say he does I would say why not? Like if you dude, if you take this team and lead them to the playoffs, I think you do deserve it. Like at that point, even how can how can anyone question that he's like that he's not the right man for like to at least get a chance to do it? Maybe you don't sign him to like a five-year deal. Maybe it's like one or two years just so you can see like if he's like actually for real and then you extend him even more. But like if he leads the team to the playoffs at the point that the Colts were, I think that's pretty impressive because they were at like a super low point, man. Like they, they were at like a very low point of their season. Like if you can rally the team like that, then I think you do you do deserve to be a coach. And um, like it, it's not even far-fetched because they're the 10th seed right now. The team's above them. Obviously, like Chiefs, Dolphins, Titans, Ravens, Jets, Bills, whatever. But like right above them is the Patriots, Chargers, Bengals. Like the Chargers, like we spoke about how shaky they can be. I don't, I don't even believe in the Patriots. And then the Bengals without <laughs> without Jamar Chase for the rest of the year. Like I'm not saying it's possible. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. But like he's out for the year. I mean, no, I mean, I'm saying like for, for the rest, like at least for like the next couple of weeks, right? He's gonna be out for the next. Oh, yeah. years, right, right. So like there's a, there's a chance. Like say you like. 
uh, you're playing the Eagles next week, so it might be rough. But like, if you could win like two to three games, like the next two three games, like you're kind of yeah. back into this. Um, but... They have the Steelers, I think. After that, the thing is, they have to upset like one of these like hard harder teams on their schedule, right? Like whether it's like the the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Vikings, um, the Giants, the Chargers. I mean, like, yeah, if they could beat like the Steelers, the Chargers, and the Texans, um, like that would be pretty good for them because that's like three AFC wins too, right? They'll be like at seven, uh, seven, eight, and one, seven, nine, and one, something like that. Um, I think like that having that tie might actually like boost them in the standings, but that would also give them a like a better AFC record, right, than they have now. Uh, and like, uh, which, uh, so what came out of the news was Shaquille Leonard is out for the season. I guess he's getting back surgery again. So I mean, yeah, whatever, like, it's kind of a rough season for him. Yeah, it's been rough. But uh, I mean, that's what's so crazy about like the Gilmore to McLaurin play. Like, I- I'm still shook that he didn't like uh, t- like knock it out because Gilmore always. Yeah, right. Out. Like every other game, it seems like he's made that play. Like, Not just over this and over season, again. but like, was... his, his whole career. Like I've never seen him ever get yeah. beat in the end of the games. So that's, that's to be fair, he had to cover for so long on that play. I think even he mentioned it. He's just like, yeah, like I had to cover like eleven seconds on that play. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I think that's like part of the issue. On the Raiders side, so yeah, I mean, what what Rod is really trying to say, like what I was mentioning with the coaching thing, not even just like uh paying on like the like the financial front. I'm saying in a sense like, okay, you believe, let's say Derek Carr, you believe in him, he's your quarterback. You just got Devonte Adams for this year. Right. So how does it, how, how are you showing your team that like, okay, this is like, you guys are the guys we want to build something here. If last year you had two coaches, John Gruden and then Bishashi or whatever, and then you get Josh and then you, yeah. and you don't even give Bishashi a chance who was like, great. They should have kept him, bro. Yeah, they they should have kept him. It, it, he was great. He was basically what we were saying that Jeff Saturday could do. He led the team to the playoffs and then he deserved the job and they didn't give him the job. So they hired like, like, like the name. Which is Josh? McDaniels. Is that why you asked that question? Yeah, that's exactly. I was, yeah, I was trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So then, so they didn't give him a chance. So they hired Josh McDaniels, and like he just does. He's he's doing even worse than what he did in Denver. Like he was horrible in Denver. He's he's even somehow worse in uh, like Las Vegas. So then you can't bring another coach in. So you talk about four coaches in a matter of sixteen months, for like Derek Carr, who's like. He's a pretty good quarterback, most people would say. And a guy like Devontae Adams, yeah. who I think is the best receiver in the league. He was crying, bro, in that press conference. Yeah, I mean, he's always emotional crying with someone. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care for that. He's crying when his friend goes to jail. He's crying when he's losing seven out of nine games or whatever. Um, but, <laughs> and then you bring in the best receiver in the league, in my opinion, should be everyone's opinion, to your team. And, like, what are you showing him? Like, okay, like, yeah, we want to win a championship, but. The coach we hired to play with you, he, he we're gonna kick him out. We're gonna hire interim coach, and then we're gonna hire a new coach next year. Like it, it's just like they just in such a bad position. Because like let's say they bring in another coach this year, if they follow the same path they did last year, you're talking about five head coaches in a matter of two years. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, that is insane. So like, I mean, again, this is nothing really to say about the Raiders. Like, I'm not even surprised they lost this game because like it's. Not yeah, team. I wasn't surprised either. I was like, if there's one team that would lose to the Colts after all this shit, it's definitely the Raiders. Like their defense is just really sad, man. Like they don't really, they just don't play really well on defense. Like they don't really tackle once people get into the second level, and like it's like once you cross like the initial like the front line of the defense, like you can just score pretty easily. Like I don't know if you saw that Paris Campbell touchdown, but like 
he caught a slant and like he he did he was running like really fast. No one tackled him. He also like when like yeah he ran yards. through like at least like three or four guys. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like he no just like bounced him. off of dudes, and I was like, all right, bro. Like, and, and and the thing is, they had a chance to win the game. It was third and seven in, in Indianapolis sixteen, right to Foster Morrow down the middle in the end zone, and they dropped it. Like they that was the game right there. They had yeah. a chance to win the game, and they messed up right there. Oh no, no, I think but like the the Colts linebacker, he actually hit it out. I don't know if you saw that angle. Oh, he did. Okay, all right. I thought he. I thought he yeah, it, it hit his hands, but then the that yeah that like Bobby Okereke, he like knocked the ball down after that. So I don't think he could have caught that. Yeah, but I mean, he still don't lose this kind of game. Yeah, so I mean now. Yeah, no, they, they still should have scored on that one. Yeah. I mean, we all said that the, was like the easiest chance for a touchdown they I had. Mean, a lot of people said the Raiders would be the two seed, but I I think they are they are the two seed in the draft order. So. You got that part, yeah. Right? So, who's that, Raiders? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go on to a pretty boring-ish game. Uh, the Saints-Steelers. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, so I guess the Steelers... <laughs> the Steelers win this one at home 20-10. to 10. Uh, The Saints continue to struggle. Kenny Pickett has a very average game. 18 for 30, 199 yards. Najee Harris, I guess, had a decent game. 20 carries, 99 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, the Saints weren't really able to get Alvin Kamara going. He had eight eight carries for 26 yards, which is pretty weird. Um, yeah, they just, like, weren't able to really get offense going. I, I think this is the one TJ Watt came back, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess that that makes a huge difference on the game when you have a defensive player of the year type of guy on your defense. You can just kind of limit everything the other team does. But the Saints offense, I don't think was that good anyways. Like they were like had just had random like days where they went off. But it's been pretty average overall in my opinion. Um yeah, I mean pretty boring game here though. I don't know what else you wanna this game just showed um, me like how here. good the Steelers defense can be. Cause I know they were like they were really, really good in the first game against the Bengals, and then they kind of fell off because obviously like TJ Watt wasn't there. They were still really good, but not like, like insanely good. Like, not, I think have a lot better record if TJ Watt was there. Yeah, and they also lost Minka Fitzpatrick for the season, so he's out for the year. But like, um, but yeah, but well, and I think the guy they replaced him with was uh, the guy they got the pick. What's his name? Where's these? Where's picks? Uh, uh, uh Demonte Kazi. Yeah, so he got the pick. So it, he was a guy they replaced like Minka Fitzpatrick in that like back safety line. But like, bro, like even with TJ Watt, that that front seven is scary. Like that defense is good. Like I think. This game wasn't even bad Saints offense. It was just really good Pittsburgh defense. Like, I know you said, like, the Saints have been bad on offense all year, but it was just really good, like, Steelers defense. Like, you can't even, like, deny that. They played great. And this is kind yeah. of a team that, like, somehow Tomlin will get to eight wins. I don't know, possibly. You know, they're three and six. That would be insane, bro. My mind would break. Still need, like, five <laughs> more wins, but, like, somehow he'll find a way, maybe. But, like, uh, how do you feel about Kenny Pickett? I think he's kind of mid. I don't really see anything there. Yeah. <laughs> Still probably better than Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, the uh, next. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's eh, I don't know. The, 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 sorry, the, I didn't mean uh, I said the wrong name. Then sorry, I meant the uh, next coming of uh, Andrew Luck. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean I don't know. Like it's uh, you have to give him more of a chance because like you they didn't give him a chance to start the year and then they like pulled him out for a little bit, put Trubisky in, and now they're putting it back in. You need to give him a full year and like they're kind of like I guess restarting in a way by trading Chase Claypool. So they kind of, and then maybe Deontay Johnson leaves next year. So like, I don't know. They kind of have like a core of Pickett and Pickens. So we'll kind of see where that goes. But like, he's all right. Like, I agree. Like, he's like whatever. 
Uh, they the Saints still won't play uh, James Winston. Is he? He's still he's injured, or they just keep choosing Dalton. I don't even know, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone really cares to know. But uh, yeah, this is yeah, <laughs> this is this is the team that I expected to make the playoffs, and they've just been a disappointment all year. And like that was also on the back of like Michael Thomas playing a good part in that season, but clearly he doesn't want to play football anymore. Mr. The like the greatest. Yeah, it's kind of sad. His career just seems like washed away. The greatest you know? slant play I've ever seen in my life. Just doesn't want to play anymore. So yeah, that ass. But, his peak was crazy, man. It was really good. His peak was two years, but it was insane. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, uh, sure. Good, good win for the Steelers. Cool, nice, good job. Got to win. Yeah, let's go on to the Giants and Texans. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this was a game where like the Giants again, like they're just they always like kind of do a similar thing where they just like ride the defense, um, to victory. Uh, like their defense played like pretty good in this one, as always, just holding the Texans sixteen points. They got one pick, too. Um, I think the main thing about their defense is they were able to hold uh, Damian Pierce, who's been kind of going crazy on everyone, to, like, like 17 carries for 94 yards. I mean, it's not like they, like, like stop, like, shut him down completely. Um, but, like, I would say, like, more than half of his, like, he, he had 40, he had, like, a 44-yard carry. It's, like, most of his, like, yardage just came on that one, which is kind of, like, increasing his average, you know, like, a lot. Um, but other than that, like they did a pretty good job shutting him down, um, which they were definitely trying to do. Um, I mean, this game, like Saquon did really well. He had 35 carries, 152 yards, one touchdown. Like it was just kind of like a grind it out, run the ball game for the Giants. Um, Darius Slayton at three catches, 95 yards. He had like a really nice play on that 54 yard touchdown where he like broke a couple. He like broke a tackle, I think, and just like like sped down the sideline and got a touchdown. At that point, I kind of felt like, yeah, like this seems like it'll be out of reach for the the Texans to come back against this, you know, stout Giants uh, a defense. But I mean, the Giants, like they keep pulling, they keep pulling out wins, man. It's they're not seven and two now. Um, like, there's only so I guess like there is still about like you know like a little bit less than half the season left. But like, there's not that many games like left for them to like collapse. Like you've been predicting. Yeah, man, I might have to eat my words. Cause they have like the Lions coming up, like that should but, be. A but dub. they play the they play the Eagles and Commanders twice, right? And they play the Cowboys one once more. Like if they go, if they only win one of those five games, like I don't know, like is nine wins enough to make it in the playoff? Yeah. NFC? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Right? Yeah. And they also play the Vikings and Colts. Like I mean, it depends. Like. Like, uh, if Jeff Saturday can win on a Sunday, like, maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Sunday. <laughs> Jeff Sunday. That's what they're calling him on Twitter. I should have been dead, bro. <laughs> like, you'll honestly, call him Jeff Sunday. Honestly, now. at that point of the season, they'll probably flex those games as Saturdays anyway. So, it kind of work out for him anyways. Um, But, like, all right. Like, they should make it, I guess. Like, I guess, that, okay, at this point, it'll be a collapse if they don't make it. But I also wouldn't be surprised because... I guess the only team I really believe in, like looking at the standings right now, is the Packers to make it over them, because like uh, Tampa Bay is the, I guess the four seed, right? So, uh, so I think they have the tiebreaker though over the Packers because they beat them in the head-to-head matchup. Yeah, so if, so. Like, if they're tied, then I think the Giants would get the edge. Yeah, I mean it, it'll be a couple collapse if they don't make it. They've just had a cakewalk of a schedule, but they do play five NFC East teams games, so that's coming up. So. You have to at least yeah, go above five hundred. Be a... You can't go one and four because that's probably hurting your chances. But 
Darius Slayton still makes me mad. Every time I watch him do anything, it's like you couldn't leave me ten more extra dollars, yeah. man. Like, come on. <laughs> but yeah, and they did. I mean, they're one like. I mean, because one of their losses did come against the Cowboys, which is in division. So, like, their division record as of right now is like zero and one. Yeah. So <laughs> even though they're like seven. Yeah. And two. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, those are like the most important games of their season. Like, if they lose those, then whatever they did in this like stretch like doesn't really matter, I guess. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're definitely an improved team, man, than whatever they were before. So I'm just not I happy for them. with I mean, the NFL's like the way they, they they've like scheduled division games. I think it should be yeah for the Colts. Shit, that shit was oh, asked the, the, too. The, the we Colts, were talking about the Colts it too. play the Jaguars, Texans, Titans, and Titans in like the first six weeks, and and, and now the Giants play five of their six division yeah, games yeah. in the last six weeks of the season. That's ridiculous. Like I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know what they're doing with this. Like I, I mean, I don't. Know. Is there that many concerts of of the weekend at MetLife in the beginning of the season that you can't get this going? Yeah, I don't understand what they should. <laughs> no way. So I mean, yeah, it's a good win for the Giants. Like it's a team you got to beat. They beat. Like, I mean, like, it's crazy because, like, two years ago, this is a game they lose probably. But, like, their defense was held strong. They just ran the ball as much as they could. Daniel Jones just didn't throw, turn the ball over. And he still ends up with two touchdowns, which is ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, good game for them. Texans got the one seed. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Sorry, uh, one seed in the draft yeah. order. Yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to the Browns and Dolphins. I mean, this was... I mean, in this game, like, Tua, like, actually went crazy. Um, I mean, this is a game where the defense, like, they act, like, the Browns actually did a decent job of lim- limiting Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Um, like, they had, like, average days, I guess. Like, Jalen Waddle had four catches, 66 yards. Tyreek Hill had five catches, 44 yards, and one touchdown. But, like, they weren't, like, blowing the game open, right? Like, with, the, like, their deep, like, with their, like, like 60, 70 yard touchdowns, like they could normally do. But I thought like Tua made a lot of great throws in this one. And I would say like other games, like I could kind of see what you were saying where you're like, yeah, like, I think Tua's mid. Like I think he's just a product of having like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on his team. But like some of the throws he made in this one, I think it was to Trent Sherfield was like the insane one, if I'm not wrong. I don't know if it was Trent Sherfield or Alec Ingold. But there was one where he just made like a ridiculous pass and just like got it in like the most like tight window. And it was like a really good throw by him, and I was kind of surprised. Um, I mean, ever since they've traded for Jeff Wilson, he's had two great. He's actually had two great games uh, for the Dolphins. Like he had 17 carries, 119 yards, one touchdown in this game. Him and Raheem Mostert is a pretty good backfield, and I don't know how, but it seems like he's actually ahead of Raheem Mostert on the pecking order. I would have thought Mostert is ahead of him, um, but but he seems to be taking that spot from Mostert, but. If you have Jeff Jeff Wilson and Moster in the background, like two X forty nine running X two X starting backup forty nine er running backs, um, and you have Jalen Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill, like we mentioned, that's a pretty dangerous uh, offense, man. And they they kind of lit up the like the the field on this one offensively. Um, yeah, the Browns just like another loss. I don't really know what to say about them. They kind of like have like the same game every time where they just lose. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's necessarily Jeff Wilson getting more carries. I think they kind of just go with the hot hand. I think, like, in the beginning of the game, they were, like, going back and forth. And and then it was just Wilson was just producing better, so they kind of just rolled with him. I think that's what they kind of do. Yeah. That's what the Niners did. I think that's what's similar to what Mike McDaniel is doing with them. So maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe next game Raheem goes off. Maybe not. But uh, I, I think they have a bye, but yeah, next yeah, time, yeah, yeah, next we'll game, see. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I got to say it, bro. Like, two is good, bro. He's he's making me eat my words. Like, he's, he's better than Mac. He's better than 
He's probably the second. I mean, just based on games, right? Like games to like that we've seen. He's probably this. Like, yeah. I mean, I sorry. He's the twenty twenty draft, right? Okay, never mind. Okay, I was gonna say something else, but no, two is good. Like he's better than Mac. I'll say it. He's he's good, bro. Like, like like you're saying. Like I th- I was saying all year that like having a number one receiver like Tyree Kill makes him better. But then, like you said, he was making guys like Trent Sherfield look good. Like I'm, I don't, I don't even, I really know how good really Sherfield is. But like, just the play, just the throws that he was making to them, like the fade to the like at the end of the end zone. I know Sherfield did a lot of work on that, but it was just a beautiful throw by Tua. And like you said, in, in like in like the narrow pocket, he like got it to Sherfield. So he was just like a very, very, very good point guard in this game. But like he was doing like better than what a average point guard would do with like flashy passes in in a sense. You know, like he was very composed, didn't turn the ball over, making like zippy passes. Like that's never something I've never seen out of him before. Cause usually his passes are kind of just wobbling yeah. in the air, hoping someone will catch it. You know, and like at times there are plays because I think there are plays where like he'll underthrow, but Tyreek is just so quick that he'll just come back and get the ball. But I think this game is where you were able to see that like he's throwing it to the guys right where they need to get it. You know, so like I think like this is a really great game for Tua, and this like he's I think second in the uh, MVP odds now. You know, like, and this is what? Yeah, second. Is he really? Second, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Dude, holy shit. Fair enough. Dude, I didn't know he was that great. I mean, I know he's put up good numbers, but damn. I mean, it makes sense, but they're like seven and three. I think they're like, they took the division spot now from the Bills, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the two seed, they're, they're leading the division. Yep. If they finish the two seed, two MVP, man. Uh, let me just find it. Yeah, two a second. Yep. Uh, Mahomes is plus 125, two is plus 350. Okay, that's like a pretty big difference, but still, for him to be second, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, after after like Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts losing this week, right? I think he's shown enough to like be like solidified the quarterback of this team, though. Yeah, yeah, uh, for, for sure, sure, man. He's, he's like, like even if he like even if they fail and he does like bad later on, like I think like these ten weeks or whatever, you can be like, all right, bro, like I don't wait. Have they lost the game with Tua? I think no, like maybe they lost one no, game I, with the Tua. only game they. Technically, loss was the game he got injured was the Bengals game. So technically, he's six and zero as a starter. Oh, he's, he's seven and zero. Okay, seven and zero as a starter, right? Technically, like seven and zero as a starter and a yeah. finisher, I guess is the best way to put it. So it's a seven and zero as, a, as yeah. he finishes the game, and they're fourteen and fifteen, in the, like counting back to last year when Tua starts and finishes the game. So there's only one game they lost. To, it was it was to the Titans last year. It's crazy, man. To the Titans last year, the only, I mean, only game they lost. I just go back to like that wobbly like Tua like play or whatever, and it just seemed like they're like I feel like that like just made the vibes around the team bad. They're like, oh, like why are you playing this injured guy? And then, like that just seems like a thing of the past now, man. They're like seven and three. They're looking good. I feel like they'll like, dude. Again, like I don't think they're like the most talented team in the AFC, but those two receivers is no one wants to play them. Their defense, the that like, defense that, that's scary good. to go up against. The defense isn't good, but their offense is really, yeah. really scary, bro. Like, like you said, like it, it, having yeah. a two-headed monster in, in the receiving core. And- they still have Jacecki, whatever. They could run the ball to Mostert and Wilson. Like, Yeah, two-headed monster in the receiving core and the rushing core have a very top, like solid top 10 tight end, I would say, in Gusecki. It's literally all on Tua, bro. If, like Tua shows up like this in the playoffs, bro, like that'll be that'll be difficult to stop. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, on the Browns side, like uh, they're saying, Deshaun's practicing now, which is weird because I think he can't play to the Texans yeah. game. But he's already- I picked him up on fantasy. <laughs> you're asking, <laughs> you're asking, how desperate are you? My quarterback has been like the only position where it's kind of mid, bro. Like I just get like 16 to 17 points from like Tom Brady, but 
If I could get like over twenty from my quarterback, bro, my team would be crazy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if he we'll see if he plays. But um, yeah, their season's done pretty much. They don't really have a chance. Three and six, and then like I should have taken two, bro. Yeah, that shit man. Crazy. And like the Browns are playing. They're at they're at Buffalo next week. If they win, like that'll be something. But there's no way. Yeah. There's no way the Bills lose that game. I mean, I think I think you were talking about it, right? Like, should they bring back Deshaun? But I feel like they will, just so like you can see like what he looks like in this offense, and like is it like you want him to like get some action, just so like it's not like he hasn't played in like two or three years or whatever, like two full seasons or whatever, and probably like three full years. It's like so sad because he's like my favorite quarterback in the league, but like. I don't know, man. The people I just idolize just do some dumb shit off the court, off the field, off the off the concert stages. It's just it's ridiculous. People just, they just can't True. keep keep their hands to themselves. So uh True. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it's a Kylosh problem. But um Yeah, I mean honestly they just couldn't get the run game going. They're, they they fell down pretty like they which crazy, like they went up seven nothing. And then just quickly it was twenty four seven. Like right at right at, right when the second half started, it was quickly twenty four seven. And it just felt like like after that they couldn't really do anything with Nick Chubb and like the game was kind of like lost from there. So like, yeah, and and like they were they kind of had a chance like when it was twenty four ten they were kind of getting back in it. They almost had a pick on that two a play, but then uh they just kind of lost it from there. And they they the the Dolphins just blew the game open. So good win for them, bro. And uh, we'll see we'll see how the Browns look when Deshaun comes back. So pretty much it. Yeah, let's go on to the Jaguars-Chiefs game. Um, yeah, I mean, in this game, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that I, I, this was like the Jaguars like did some weird shit. I guess they tried like the onside kick or whatever in the beginning. It worked. Uh, it worked. Like, the first yeah, it worked in the first play. Yeah, yeah. it did work, yeah. but it didn't like lead to anything, sadly. Like, I feel like <laughs> if they scored off of that, it would have been epic, but like they, they didn't get a chance to score <laughs> on that drive. Um, they, like, they, they, get, they had to punt the ball. And then they got the ball back because the Chiefs yeah. fumbled, and then they punted the ball back again. It's ridiculous. I think this was the first game that the Chiefs came back from their bye, um, and they they look like pretty on point, man. Like they're a pretty hard team to beat uh, coming back from byes, if I'm not wrong. Andy Reid, um, just because like, you know Andy Reid is a great coach. Andy Reid off the bye. Yeah, he he's really good. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes, twenty six for thirty five, three thirty one yards, four touchdowns, one pick in this one. Um, they kind of did a good job of distribu- distributing the ball. Travis Kelsey at six for eighty-one, MVS at three for sixty. Kadarius Tony, who they traded for from the Giants, four for fifty-seven. I mean, he'll give he'll give them some explosion in like the receiving and running game. Um, they go to Jarek McKinnon a lot, or Jet McKinnon. I don't know how they say his name. Uh, they go to that running back a lot in the passing game. Juju had actually been coming on a lot the past couple games, but he I think he unfortunately got hurt in this one. It looked like he took a shot to the head. So, like, whenever you take a shot to the head now, you kind of just leave the game and don't come back. Um, the Chiefs have pretty much phased out Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of their uh, offense. I really don't think he'll be back with this team. Um, I don't know if they'll trade him or just, like, cut him or whatever, but I, I just, like, really doubt that he's there next year. Like, they're giving Isaiah Pacheco, like, all the carries. He's, like, a rookie that they drafted this year versus Edwards-Hilaire, who should be, like, earning his second contract now, so... I think he's pretty much gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, on the Jaguars side, I mean, I don't think they were able to get ETN going, really. Like, ETN has been popping off the past couple of games, and he's kind of like the key to their offense. Because again, like, I don't think Trevor Lawrence can, like, really carry. But I guess he, he did, like, he had a decent game, I would say. I mean, he was 29 for 40, 259 yards, two touchdowns. Um, 
again, like I think my issue with Trevor Lawrence is again, he does like the short and intermediate stuff like exceptionally well. He just can't really do anything beyond that. Like he can't do like deep or like intermediate deep. Like it, it like the longest one that he threw, like the longest reception that he basically had was to Marvin Jones was 33 yards. But again, like most of his stuff is pretty close. I think that makes it hard. Like you have to throw the ball like down the field. Like if you're just doing this like weak stuff, like it's hard to, you know, keep on. Like it's hard to sustain offense. I would say, especially against the Chiefs, that's what you need to do. But yeah, I mean the Chiefs played well in this one. They came away with the win. Wait till Calvin Ridley plays next year. That's that's his deep threat right there. <laughs> um. Yeah. Damn. That'll be pretty. Is so is uh, Andrew Luck the next uh, coming of? Uh, I'm sorry. Ah, I messed it up. Damn it. Is the, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Is Trevor Lawrence the next coming of Andrew Luck? No, bro. He never has been. That man's We're going to do it until he retires. We're going to do it. Dude, you know what's crazy? I see so many people on Twitter that be gassing Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, bro, what do you see, man? He Like, I see a lot of people that are so high on him. I'm like, dude, what? What's crazy is he's probably... Honestly, I think he's the second best quarterback in that draft class. I think I think Justin Fields is the better quarterback. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, now I, I... I mean, at first, I wouldn't see it, but after the past three games, yeah, sure, I could see that. He's definitely better Justin than... Justin Fields has been insane the past three year, uh, three games. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, and obviously, like, Zach Wilson and who knows the Mac Jones and then Trey Lance, like, who obviously knows the Trey Lance. But, okay, wait. What did you say about the Chiefs buy thing? I'm confused. What were you saying? I just thought they were pretty good. I don't know. I thought there was, like, some stat where they are like, pretty no, good no, coming no, but, out of buys, no, but, but I might be wrong. They played the Titans last week. Oh, okay. okay the the Titans game was the bye week, but like, yeah, no, but there, um, Andy Reid is 21 and two off of buys. I'm oh, sorry, 21 and three, 21 yeah, and three yeah. off of buys. And two of those three losses came against the Chiefs when he was with the Eagles. That's kind of funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, bro. Yeah, he's ridiculous off the buy. I mean, okay, sorry. We keep saying that, but it's not a buy. Okay. So there was no buy, guys. There was no buy. They played Titans last week. <laughs> um, Bro, somehow they still find their way to the one seed. I guess like last year they didn't get it, but like they still end up getting like the like a number two seed. But like they just somehow like end up like now they're back to the one seed, like without even trying. Like I kind of like thought when the Bills won that game in Kansas City, like all right, yeah, like one seed is locked. But then like these back to back losses for the Bills, now that now the Chiefs are like by themselves at top. So like it's just like very impressive, man. They look scary good. I mean, in, bro, I mean. Honestly, we might have to eat our words if they win the Super Bowl this year because they're gonna, they're doing with Tyreek Hill. They're proving that their offense is still dangerous without Tyreek. You know, like Juju has come into his own. Kadarius Tony was such a nice pickup for them. Like he like he's making it work here. They just have so many options. Like at any given day, like like, like even like even like McCole Harbin can go off for a couple of games. You know, Marquez Valdez Scanley can go off for a couple of games. Obviously, obviously, have Travis Kelsey. We can see what they could do for Kadarius Tony. Jarek McKinnon can go off sometimes. You even have Juju. They have just so many options to go through. You know, it's ridiculous. And like obviously, Mahomes, unquestionable the best quarterback in the league. Like I don't think anyone should question, it, especially after this week. Yeah, it is unquestionable. You know, like they look good. This is this is the game of the uh, the two teams that came back against the Raiders down seventeen nothing. And the Chiefs <laughs> proved why they're the better team. So, I mean, it's the game you got to win. The Chiefs haven't lost to the Jaguars in a long time, so they kept it going. Uh, yeah, good game. One seed earned. So, I think that, I, I don't know. We'll talk about it later, but they, they might be, have that one seed unlocked. But we'll see. 
Yeah, let's go on to the Broncos and Titans. Um, I mean, this was a weird game, man. I I really felt at like halfway through it, like that the Broncos have a chance to win. <laughs> like they just seem. I, I know it seems dumb, but it, it to me it really felt like that. I really felt like they had a chance. Um, but then like I don't know, the Broncos will you know be like the Broncos. And then, like, that one, like, touch, like the 63-yard touchdown, I think that was, like, the most deflating shit. Like, once I saw that, I was just like, all right, bro, like, this is the one where, like, they're going to win. Um, like, th- that was just such an absurd play, in my opinion. Like, because up until that point, like, it's been, like, 10 to 7. Like, I mean, the the Broncos did have, like, that huge pass, t- uh, like, uh, passing play to Jalen Virgil um, for the first score of the game. But, like, up until that point, it's, like, 10-7, and you're, like, all right, like, it seems like it'll be, like, a pretty chill game where, like, it, it's it, it, you knew it was going to be a low-scoring game just because both the defenses are pretty good. But then, like, that 63-yard touchdown pass just feel, like, so deflating. And, like, we all know, like, Denver is not a team that can, like, rally from any sort of difficulty. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Titans, I give them credit, man. Like, this really, really felt like a game that they should have lost, just, like, the way that they came out, like, going down 10-0. But then, like, again, to, like, close the half, like, they, they get the touchdown to uh, Westbrook Akine. And then, like, he, in this third quarter, they get a touchdown from him, too. Like, it, it's like re- they're really composed. Um, and they showed it here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't I didn't feel the same way as you. I never, I honestly felt like the Titans had this game. Even when they're down 10 nothing. I can't feel like that. Maybe I was tripping, bro, but. I, I don't know. Maybe just I just didn't believe him. I just want to see the Titans lose. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, maybe I'm maybe there's some bias on that side. Just, like, you're. Asia for the Titans, so it's probably that, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, just like watching the game off of Red Zone, I never really thought like the Titans were going to lose this game. Like you said, they're just like, you've always said this, like they just, they just wait for a team to make a mistake, right? And like, honestly, there wasn't really a mistake in this game, but they like, I, the Titans were the one who made a mistake with a fumble, but like, I guess they just made enough stops, forced enough punts from the Broncos. Oh my God, this is just so many punts to begin the game. They just forced enough punts from the Broncos to like, Finally make a play. And like you said, that 63 yard X was kind of like the game. Like they always just need one big play to make it work. Usually it'd be like a Derek Henry 40 yard run. But in this case, it was a uh, Westbrook Akine 63 yard uh, catch. And then that's pretty much how they win games. You know, they'll like, they'll, like, they'll keep your scoring down. They'll keep it a close game. And they always win by like one possession. Somehow it was one possession and they get a field goal at the end to make it two possessions or something. You know, so um, yeah, I mean, like, Titans are good, man. Like, I, I mean, actually, sorry, I, they're not, I wouldn't say they're good. They're just a very good regular season team. They just know how to win. They just know how to win games in the regular season and get, get a good seeding. It just shows how good of a coach Mike Rabel is, bro. But uh, it's a good win for them. Like the Broncos. Like I guess everyone thought, like, okay, they fixed their issues after going and playing in London last week. But they beat the Jaguars. Like that doesn't really mean anything, you know. So next week we're getting like we're getting the ultimate Super Bowl. Broncos versus Raiders. That's going to be a fun one. Can't wait for that. 6-3 score. Devontae Adams, 15 catches. Two knocked. Two knocked out cameramen. You know, going to be, this be one, what, like one of those type of games. But good win for the Titans. They keep it going, keeping it rolling. Rabel's a beast. Did you, where did you go? All right, well, guys, well, anyways, so that's the Titans and Broncos game. So, 
Raj is on mute. Anyway, so next game we're talking about the. Oh my bad, <laughs> I was talking on mute. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, did you? Were you saying? It? I, I, I thought you just had to go somewhere. I don't know what happened, dude. No, I was talking hell of shit on mute, man. Oh. Okay, go on, go on. I mean, I, I was just trying to move to the next game. I don't know if you had anything else to say about the game. I, I, I made a fun. No, no, no. I wanted to move to the next game. I, I, made, I made a good joke. I don't know if you laughed or not. I said like, you know, Devonta Adams, ten catches, two knocked out ca- cameramen. But oh yeah, yeah, I did laugh at that. Okay, yeah, yeah. See, see, I wouldn't even known because you muted yourself. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh yeah, next game. My bad. Lions Bears. Like uh I alright, bro. So this is like this is a bad, bad loss. Like you're up twenty four. Yeah, it was really bad. You're I up twenty four ten near the end of the fourth quarter. Like this is a game you third quarter. Oh yeah, sorry, near the end of the third quarter. This is a game you have to win. And then they uh I, honestly, like what's crazy is the the, the Lions tied it up at twenty four. It was just a bad. It was just a pick six from Justin Fields, and then and then they scored a touchdown, and then uh they uh what's his name who who missed it who missed the PAT, uh uh Cairo Santos. So like like honestly like this should have been a game that went to overtime. So Cairo Santos missed the PAT and like that ended up costing them because the Lions ended up scoring at the end of the game. So the Lions ended up winning thirty one thirty, and uh like you said like. Uh, they just ran the ball. Clear Herbert was a beast. Justin Fields is like he's unstoppable. People who have him in fantasy is like they're like reaping the benefits. Like because thirteen carries for, right now, he's been going crazy. Thirteen carries for one hundred forty-seven yards, and then Herbert ten carries for fifty-seven yards. Like they ran for two hundred fifty-eight yards. He only, Fields only threw the ball for 20, 20 attempts. You know, like usually the Lions have a pretty good run game, but like they couldn't really get anything going. Ninety-five yards, and then Amon Ross St. Brown went off ten catches for one hundred nineteen yards. When he plays, when he has. When he has one brain and not two brains in his like concussion head, like he's good. Also, you know who else is a bit underrated this year? Cole Komet, bro. Like once they kind of figured out that offense, Cole Komet's been really good this year. Uh, I like the way he's playing. But I, I, I think basically what happened is like before the Patriots game, they basically were like, all right, Justin Fields, you're the guy. We're gonna make our defense really, really bad by just trading everyone on our defense. So we're gonna give up as many points as we want. But we're gonna make our offense better. So they went and got Claypool, and they kind of built an offense around Justin Fields. So like, and it works a lot better. Like he's not, he throws when he needs to throw, but it's mostly a run-built game. But it's not like forced passing plays. So it's working a lot better. He's looking a lot better. They're finally utilizing him a lot better. Honestly, bro, I don't know how hot of a take this is, but like, in there are times where like i think he is a better runner than lamar jackson at times he is more like lamar's more explosive but as far as like keeping like out of like like escaping their own pocket he's really good at doing that yeah yeah i mean i think i need to see more from him because i think like it's only been like the past like three games where he's really like like done like some insane i mean he could always run like a decent amount but like the past three games it seems like he's figured out how to like score off these like insane run plays but yeah, he's he's been one of the most explosive quarterbacks I would say in the past like three weeks. Like he's been really impressive. I mean, I would say even like up until earlier in this season, I really doubted his ability. Like, can he be like an NFL quarterback? Like, I don't really see the path to him being productive. But I mean, he's definitely like shown it. I mean, it's kind of sad that like all three of these insane performances by him have led to losses. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like the past three weeks, they just ended up losing the game. The Patriots, the Patriots game, they won though, right? Yeah. So yeah, the last four games, I guess. Yeah, but the Patriots won. They won. Yeah, yeah like the last four games. Yeah, but like I, I think. Uh, yeah, let me see. Yeah, like he wasn't uh, okay. I guess like his running has been kicking up since the Patriots yeah, game. Yeah. Um, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to see like if there was. Yeah, I'm just trying to go through his stats for the games and see. 
No, his running has always been like pretty good, I guess, even this season. But like, I guess like his running wasn't able to like control the outcome of the game, or like it hasn't like made an made like an impact on the game. I would say until like the Patriots game. I think that's when like it started yeah. showing up and like okay, like this might actually help them win the game. I think before it was pretty good in moving the ball, but wouldn't really result in points always. Um, yeah, I mean he's figuring himself. I-, I give him a lot of credit because I don't think he has like a good offensive coaching staff that's like helping him like you know get the most out of his talent i think he's kind of figuring it out by himself which is like really impressive in my opinion i mean matt eberflus was the defensive coordinator for the colts right so i mean like i said it's on the last yeah podcast, right defensive coordinators becoming head coaches like usually ends up working out like i gave many examples last time but like bill belichick robert Sala, and all the other coaches but like it usually does work out so like this is his first year and like uh they're taking the action of like building the offense around him and like bro they clearly sacrificed their defense like they didn't have to trade both Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. Yes, Robert Quinn. They didn't have to trade both of them. Yeah. But like, like their defense is suffering. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it leads to like more pieces. Uh, whatever they got back for. Her. Hopefully it leads to some more pieces for uh, Justin Fields. But yeah, let's go on to probably what was the game of the year, um, the Vikings and Bills. Uh, so the Vikings come away with a win in overtime, 33-30 in this one. This was an insane game. Um, I think it's worth just kind of going over, like, what happened at the end of the game. So basically what happens is there's, like, I think the, yeah, the, the Bills are up by four points um, with, like, four minutes, 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter, right? The Vikings drive all the way down the field. Um, it looks like they're about to score a touchdown. They're like at like the one yard line, I guess. Uh, they, they they run like they run a series of plays, like nothing works. They get down to the one yard line. It's fourth and goal. Um, I think they run like a quarterback sneak. No, no, Kirk no, Cousins does no, not no, no, get no, no. it. So, so first, remember, first it was fourth and goal, and it was it was a as a play to Dalvin Cook. It was a pass that he dropped. Remember, he dropped the pass, but then the guy, the Bills guy, he jumped off sides. So then they had a chance. It was half the distance to the goal. So they had another chance of getting fourth and goal. And that's the QB sneak you're talking about. So they actually had two chances. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, they, they basically had a lot of chances to, to punch it in from, like, the one-yard line. Yeah. But they failed on, like, almost all of them. So at this point, you're thinking, all right, like, there's, like, four, there's like 50-something seconds left, I think, in the game at this point. Like, the Bills are getting the ball at the one-yard line. They just need to like move the ball a little bit forward. They'll just take the take some knees and end it. And you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so the first play that the Bills get the ball, Josh Allen and the center, I guess like they fu- they fumble like the the handoff pretty much. Like the worst possible time to fumble an exchange, like a snap, happens at, at that moment. And Josh Allen just never really like gets the ball in his hand. The ball just falls. Uh, Eric Kendricks recovers for the Vikings, and they score a touchdown. And then at this point, you're like, okay, like the Vikings will win the game, thirty to twenty-seven. Um, it's only forty-one seconds left. Like, what, what can happen, right? Um, then, <laughs> within thirty seconds, pretty much, or th- thirty-nine seconds, uh, the Bills drive down the field. Obviously, you know Josh Allen at this point, he's ticked off. Like he, he'll he drives him down the field. Tyler Bass kicks a twenty-nine yard field goal. Really bad, bad defense on the Vikings on and that. But uh, drive but but the Gabriel but the Gabriel Davis catch clearly wasn't a catch. So 
So like the Gabriel Davis caught. A yeah, play. some controversy too in this game. The controversy he caught a thirty-yard pass, but you can clearly see in the replay like he didn't have control of the ball as he went down. So that clearly wasn't a catch. But what was crazy is like the refs they spoke after the game and they're like, oh yeah, like we re- we saw we saw the replay a couple plays later. Like we saw the replay as we headed to overtime. We realized we made a mistake. We realized we should have reviewed it. Like bro, how are you this dumb? And what they were saying was they're saying that they didn't get a call from New York. Like this is New York's job. Like, like, bro, you have a replay center in New York for a reason. So New York didn't tell the refs to review it. So New York didn't notice that it wasn't a catch. That's so bad. Like, the, like the, the refs were just yeah. It's the refs bad. were throwing the replay center under the bus. Like, yeah, bro, it wasn't our fault. Don't blame us. Like, New York told us it was good, so we didn't review it. That's such. That's so bad, bro. Yeah, I agree. That is pretty bad, especially because like that. If he doesn't, that's like one of the biggest plays I think they got in that uh, drive. Like if he doesn't make that catch, like, yeah, they're not gonna. I don't know if they could kick the field that goal. That was what thirty yards. Yeah, yeah, but I, I yeah, yeah. It's like half three yeah, yards. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, continue. Then okay, so let's let's go to the overtime now, right? Um, so, uh, the, the Bills, I guess, get get the ball. Um. Oh, no, the, the Vikings get the ball first. No, no, no. The Vikings yeah. get the ball. Yeah, sorry. The Vikings get the ball. So they, they yeah, they get the ball first. Um, you know, they they get uh like they, they go down to the they drive the ball down. I think at this point, like Justin Jefferson is act, actually going crazy. We haven't talked about Justin Jefferson yet, but this man like dominated the game. It was definitely one of the best performances I've seen by like a wide receiver. Um, probably like in my life. Like he, he was just making insane catches left yeah. and right. He had this one catch, like where like it literally should have been an interception. It looked like he it like went like towards his hand, and like as he's like falling down, I think it was like fourth and eighteen too, or something on that play. As he's falling down, he like rips it away from the other defender. I can't even like describe this play and how impressive it is. Like you just have to watch it for yourself to like truly experience. It was, it was basically like, the basically the Odell one headed catch, but there's three defenders around him, and like the Odell catch, he was like by himself, right? So it's basically the Odell catch. But the defender behind Justin Jefferson was trying to take it from him. And then the Odell catch, he landed on his back. But Justin Jefferson was able to secure the ball, make sure it doesn't touch the ground, and then fl- and then flip it to his other hand and then land on his butt. Yeah, that, that was insane, like, body control and strength by him on that play. But, yeah, he, he made a couple of plays. Um, I mean, they were able to run the ball, too. I think, like, in the overtime, like, Dalvin Cook had a couple carries. Um Justin Jefferson had a catch for like 13 yards. Um, it's actually insane because he like I'm pretty sure yeah like Kirk Cousins got sacked and fumbled the ball here, but I mean Dalvin Cook like luckily got the ball back for them. They actually were able to like so it, at this point it's like second and 22. Like the, the drive should have ended there for them, but Buffalo gets called for defensive pass interference. Dalvin Cook again runs the ball for 10 yards. Um, and then after that, like the the Bills pretty much you know just. They, or they actually get one more first down to the Buffalo two. So again, literally again, they have another chance to end the game at, at this end zone. Like just score a touchdown. They're at the two yard line. Dalvin Cook loses three yards. Kirk Cousins gets sacked for 10 yards. Incomplete to Adam Thielen. They kick a field goal. All right. The Bills get the ball. Unfortunately, Josh Allen, he does as much as he can. He, he, he had like pretty, pretty big runs, I think, at this point. It looked like he was going to drive them down to score at least a field goal. He had runs of 18 yards, 20 yards. Um, they get down to the Minnesota 27. They're literally in field goal range at this point. They get down even further. Um, 
But then Josh Allen th- throws a pick, actually. To Patrick Patrick Peterson comes away with the pick when Josh <laughs> Allen goes game. deep for Gabe Davis. Second pick of the game. And it ends the game. Yeah. I mean, his second pick of the game. Yeah, this was a fantastic game, man. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on just watching all this go down? Uh, what time was this game played, Raj? One o'clock, I think. Also, was this prime time? No. Nah, Kirk nah. Cousins <laughs> on not prime time. He still didn't even play that well, man. He had like one touch, like one care, touchdown, two bro. picks. He man. gets W's. Heard that? He gets W's. He does get eight and O in not prime time games. And I called it last week. I said it on the podcast. I was like, oh, the next game they don't play until the Patriots prime time. They gonna win in Buffalo, and they won in Buffalo. <laughs> and they're not, they might not lose until the Patriots. It's a good team. I mean, but uh, they play the Cowboys next week. <laughs> They're going to beat the Cowboys next week. Here, I'm here, here first. They're going to beat the Cowboys next week. Watch. It's not prime time. But it's 4 Oh, yeah. It's not technically yeah. prime time. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Yeah. So, like, 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 Justin Jefferson, like, that was an insane performance, bro. And, like, what's crazy is, like, so, okay. So, here's the thing on that last play. It was, so, the Bills were up 27-10, right? And near the end of the third quarter. And then Dalvin Cook like, gets an insane, like, 60, oh, 81-yard rush. Right before the uh, end of the third quarter, so it's twenty-seven, seventeen. So yeah. it's still ten. That was a momentum changer. They they were down like seventeen, I think, at that. Yeah, point. so it's still a ten-point game. And then Josh Allen throws the interception. Uh, it was it was to Patrick Peterson, and and, and this interception was at the Minnesota seven-yard line. So it's third and two, Minnesota at the Minnesota seven-yard line, and he's incomplete to Isaiah McKenzie. So they go for it on fourth and two instead of kicking the field goal. So at this point, they're up twenty-seven, seventeen. So instead of going the field goal. Fourth and two, Minnesota seven, go for it. I mean, I think it's the right play. Probably is a good, smart play to go for it. And it gets picked off because he's throw, he's looking for someone in the end zone. And I guess it's fourth down, so why not? So if you're going to go for it, a pick is not is whatever. So they get a pick, but then Patrick Peterson's return was a great return for 39 yards. So he's at Minnesota's 34, like just to start off. So then they have good field possession to start off. And then Minnesota drives in for a touchdown from like CJ Ham, bro. I, I didn't even know he was still in the league. They said it was like his first touchdown in like five years or something. But then what's crazy is it was Damn. 27-23. Like, okay, make the PAT one possession, one field goal game. Then Greg Joseph misses the field goal with four minutes left in the – I mean, misses the PAT with four minutes left in the fourth quarter, which is a huge miss because now it's like, all right, now you have to score a touchdown to win. Right? So then they 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 get – so, I mean, that's like, that's like a huge part because you were describing the play that they had. Like, they, they messed up trying to score. And, like, honestly, like, if it was fourth and one, like, they probably would have just taken the field goal and forced the overtime then. But because they were down four because of the missed PAT, they had to keep going in for touchdowns, you know? So that was, like, a huge play. And then what's crazy is, so, like Rod said, it was 27-23. They couldn't get the ball in. Dalvin Cook dropped it, and then, like, they stopped Kirk Cousins, uh, which was such a close play. Like, like his shoulder literally went down, but the ball was probably, like, literally, like, a millimeter away from crossing the end zone. So... So what's so what I'm, my 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 point is here that like only because it was only a four point game like I think if it was a five point game or higher I think the smart thing to do if for Josh Allen is to just run it run out of the end zone and take the safety because then you take the safety you give them two points yeah that's what I was thinking of too Loki. yeah so like if you're up five it makes sense like like you you take, like take the safety give them two points and you punt the ball away. Right. So then like the worst thing you the worst thing that happens is like you end up going overtime. But like like there's only two plays in NFL history where a player has uh, fumbled the ball at their own one yard line. So obviously Josh Allen is one of them. Can you guess the other one? I'll give you a clue. It rhymes with Josh Allen. 
Shit, I don't That's know. just Josh Allen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say like it's just Josh Allen. Yeah. So he's the only guy in NFL history that's done it twice. I mean, he's done it in general. When did he do it? The other time? It was in 2020. I forgot which game it was, but he did it in 2020 also. So he's done it twice. Uh, only, only player in NFL history who's ever done it. He's done it twice. So like, yeah. I mean, that's what's crazy. Like they could have, like just just the way the scoring worked, they could have done something what the Rams did in Week Two, like taking a safety on purpose. But because of they're only up four, I don't know, man. I I feel like fifty seconds left. I feel like you're still probably better off taking the safe. Okay, obviously, maybe in hindsight, like you could say that. Like obviously, in the moment, they don't do this. But like, you're probably better off letting the safe taking the safety and then believing in your defense to not allow a field goal, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad in, idea. In hindsight, it makes sense because. I, 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 but why was it a QB sneak? Like you're, you're just better off even just running it down. Like that's what teams do when they get pinned down at the one yard line. They're, they're running with the running back. No one's QB sneaking this. I get they're trying to QB sneak it. Like I mean, the Vikings have a timeout, but like, what's the difference between QB sneaking it and running the ball? Like instead of they're only QB sneaking it because they didn't want to kneel because you can't kneel in the end zone, which is what the safety we're talking about. So why not just run the ball? Like Devin Singletary was great all game. Like I, I just didn't like that play call. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it takes longer to get, like, I don't know. I think, like, you, you're just scared that you'll get a safety. And I mean, clearly, they're trying to avoid the safety, yeah. like, at all costs. But, like, they shouldn't have been as, like, trying to avoid it as hard as they were because, like, it's not the worst outcome if it happens, you know? Yeah, I think that's, like, they're the avoiding a safety right and allowed a touchdown. Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, and, and, and... No, it was a pretty bad loss by the Bills. Uh, I mean, once they stopped them at that, at that fourth down spot, they should have won this game. And like it'll, it, it could make a pretty big impact, man. Like this loss is like one that could, like, be the difference between them. Like the six, considering seed. what the AFC East look like, the six seed. That's the difference between being a wild card and like, yeah, winning the division and being like a two seed. It's huge difference. The six seed right now, bro. They're six and three in the six seed. Back to back losses, uh, right now to the Jets and then the Vikings. And another narrative, which is kind of crazy about this game, like. So I think that the pick that they traded for Stefan Diggs is Justin Jefferson. Is that what it was? Yeah, that is true. Which is yeah. insane because like Stefan Diggs, which I think at the time you wouldn't say he's a top ten receiver when he was on the Vikings. He was just like he was like up there, but like now you're not top ten. And then he went. Yeah, he got a lot better. And then he went to Buffalo and he got a lot better. And you're you're talking about him being in the top six, top seven, top eight category. He's up there, right? But then like the guy they draft with the pick they get for Diggs is just. A lot of people say he's the best receiver in the league. That's not my opinion. I think he's up there, close to top five, probably is top five. Like, he, like especially this game, you can very much say he's a top five receiver. And, like, I, Justin Jefferson is honestly better than Stephon Diggs, you know? And, like, maybe he just gets more usage. But, like, he's just, just, like, the way he, like, his hands with the ball, like, the way his route running is insane. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, he's just so good. As a, as yeah, a, he's really as good. a receiver, man. Like, uh, so it's kind of just, like, funny with that narrative, like, the guy they traded the pick for kind of like ended up beating them. So it's kind of that cool. It's supposed to be the Stefan Diggs revenge game. And he did everything he could, bro. 12 receptions is 128 yards. But then like the other guy in the field had 10 receptions for 193. So like, what can you do? But yeah, it's, it's a great, uh, it was a great game to watch. It's a really great fun. win for the Vikings, man. Like they're uh, eight and one. So I guess the Eagles are. Wait, oh, but they're the, they're the one seed. Oh, no, no. The Eagles have a tiebreaker. Damn. But uh, so if they didn't have the. Yeah, because the Eagles oh, beat them. Okay, yeah. yeah, but they're right there. So I guess they're technically tied for the one seed. But um, yeah, uh, like you said, bro. Like, so the whole 
So do me a favor and go to the standings right now. So how much do you think changes in these standings? For which one are you talking I mean, about? I mean, like both conferences right now. Like the NFL playoff picture right now, right? So I guess we could start with the uh, AFC, I guess. So the AFC, like the one seed Chiefs, I think we could both say they're going to be in, right? They're going to be either the one or two seed, honestly, right? Yeah. So, like, I guess we could skip the Dolphins for now. But I think three seed, three and four seed, I think the Titans and Ravens, I think they have the division locked up. I don't see either. Than, like, obviously, I think the Titans locked it up, right? Um. Yeah, I think Titans locked it up. Ravens. Um. I mean... The Bengals, I mean, I don't know. They they do play the Ravens like the last game of the season. Okay, yeah. And like I don't think the Bengals schedule is like that crazy. Um, like the hardest game is probably against the Chiefs, but they also have like the Steelers, they have the Titans, they have like the Browns, they have the Bucks, they have the Patriots. So like they have a chance, but like I don't know. It's only one game difference. I don't know. I don't I wouldn't say the Ravens have been that encouraging. So that's like one change I could see. Okay. Um, and at the same time, like, I think the Bills still have to play the Dolphins. So, like, they could also flip-flop. Uh, if the Bills win that game at home, that'll be pretty important for them. Yeah, and then the um, other four teams are the Miami at the two-seed, and then the other wildcard teams are the Jets, Bills, Patriots. I think Miami will make the playoffs for sure, yeah. though, at this yeah. point. They're, they're probably going to be, like, the five or six-seed. Seems like the AFC uh, East has, like, that two, like, one or, like, it seems like they'll have, like, two, and then, like, uh, like five and six on lock, but just like those three teams could alternate in those. Okay, okay, okay. So out of the four teams in AFC East, how many teams make it? I'm I'm still going with I don't two. Know. I... Two. Yeah. Who do the Jets play? Damn. No, I think three of them will make really? it. Really? Damn. Yeah, I just don't think the, like, dude, the the Jets, I mean, it depends. Like, they would have to, like, kind of shit the bed against, like, the I mean, Bears. They're, they're or, only like, the one Lions game and... up on the Chargers and Bengals, and they still have to play the Patriots again and the Bills one more time and the Dolphins again, you know? Yeah, but they also have games against the Bears, the Vikings, and the Jaguars. Which... Or, sorry, the Bears, Lions, and the Jaguars. Okay, yeah. Like, it's just, like, yeah, they have, like, some difficult, but they also have, like, some easy, too. I don't know. We'll see. It's pretty. I think it's like pretty close, and that I think a lot of it could change, dude. <laughs> okay, so so then do you see? I mean, all right. So only thing I would see changing is I think the two AFC teams make. It. I think the Jets and I think sorry. I think the Bills and Dolphins make it. I still think Chiefs, Titans, Ravens. I think they're a lock. So I guess my other thing would be I guess the other two wildcard teams in question. I think it's gonna be the Chargers and Bengals. Honestly. I think this is might be the year yeah. the Chargers make it. They're like right there. I think the uh, <laughs> I just think that was like the least confidence <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Uh yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's I don't believe in the Patriots team at all. I don't know. Their schedule gets kind of hard after the Jets game this week, which I, well, I guess I don't think I believe in the Chargers, bro. Fuck it. I'll take the Jets over the Chargers right now. And okay, so I'll okay, then, okay, but then wrong, what about but, the Patriots but, versus the Bengals? I'm not taking the Patriots. Yeah, I think I take the Bengals in that. Unfortunately, okay, so, so it's just the, the Patriots have been pretty competitive, man. They've been better than I expected. I don't want to hear, it, bro. This, this is exactly where I thought they'd be. Five and four, like whatever. Four and four heading to the Colts game, but whatever. Five and four, and then they have a tough schedule for the rest of the way, bro. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, it is pretty hard, dude. I just want, yeah, holy shit, man. Like they have an easy gap in between with Cardinals and Raiders, I guess. But after that, like 
everything before and after that, holy shit, it's pretty They have hard. the fourth hardest schedule, like, uh, in the league. And, I mean, the thing with the Giants, I, I mean, we'll talk about them in a second. But, uh, yeah, so the Patriots have the fourth hardest schedule. So, I don't know. I don't see them making it. I think the Bengals will kind of find their way in. And then I think the Chargers will make it. But you have the Jets. So, we'll see. That's interesting. But, yeah, I think everyone else is eliminated. So, yeah. I mean, so I guess the AFC West is locked up. AFC South is locked up. I guess we're both kind of, I guess you're more on the fence on the AFC North, but you still think both teams will make it. And then the AFC, yeah, yeah, AFC East, you have three teams making it versus I have two. So we'll see. Yeah. And then on the NFC side, okay, so I think Eagles, Vikings, one of them is going to be one or two, right? Something like that. Yeah. I think that's, I might. Yeah, at this point they have like a three, they have like a two or three game lead, man. I think they got it. And then I guess the three seed, which three seed has to be the NFC West winner. Like, there's no doubt about that. So you're going with the Niners. I see. I see. Yeah, I'll go with Niners. Right, I'm gonna roll with uh, the twelfth man. So I'm rolling with the Eugene Cyril Smith. But I mean, okay, but do the Seahawks still yeah. make it as a wildcard team? Yeah, yeah, I think the Seahawks will make it. Okay, so then the Bucks. I think we're both gonna pick the Bucks for the four seed. Because they're gonna somehow win the division at like seven wins, right? Yeah, yeah, Bucks for. I think Giants and Cowboys get into. I just think they've been a lot better than like the other team than like the Commanders and Packers. So then your seven is. I don't think the Packers like right. So your seven is set then. Your yeah. seven is set. Oh, that's already here. Okay, so it's so hard for me to doubt the cop. It's already here, but I would probably switch the Niners and the Seahawks or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So the Giants have the hardest schedule, strength of schedule remaining. Right, so with the 633 win percentage. Damn. So which is why I'm kind of iffy on this. But like the Packers have a the fifth hardest schedule. So like uh, it's pretty much that. And then the Commanders have the 13th hardest schedule. The NFC seems a lot more set than the AFC, though, to be fair. Like it would be pretty miraculous if like the Packers could rise up. Or, like, the commanders actually maintain this shit and overtake a team into the playoffs. Yeah, because... Like, that would be, like, a drastic turnaround. The Giants have a three-and-a-half game lead on the Packers, plus another game because of the tiebreaker. So, they essentially have a four-and-a-half game lead, which is very... With, like, how... Yeah, that's, like... That would have to be a cataclysmic collapse for them to, like, lose. And I guess... Yeah, I mean, honestly... So, you don't think the Packers or commanders have a chance? I think this is the seven teams. No, I don't think so. Yeah, man, I don't know. I kind of might... I think the commanders are going to play Carson, bro. I think they're going to lose. Damn. Poor Taylor. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said before, it might, it's going to be very, like, it's going to be something insane for the Giants to blow this. The commanders and Packers, like, I would not be surprised if the Packers make it and someone else drops. But, like, it's still, like, looking very unlikely. Like, you don't deserve to make the playoffs if you lose five straight games. So, like, and they're on the cups, cusp of win, losing yeah. six straight games. So, yeah, this, this yeah, yeah I, get, I, I, I have to agree with you. I think the Giants... Uh, the Giants will make it. Ah, Salas is going to kill me. I mean, not going to kill me, but he's going to use this as leverage. <laughs> All right, yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's probably it for our Week 10 recap. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. I think we'll have an NBA uh, podcast up soon as well, um, just to recap whatever's gone on so far. But, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, we'll talk to you guys next week.